This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is Friday. Thank God. Yeah. Jake, how are you? I'm just doing great, man. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, man, that's amazing. Two weeks from now, we won't be doing a show because we'll be flying to Hawaii. Yes, looking forward to that. We will be doing shows. A lot of people have asked us if we're going to do shows in Hawaii. Yes, we will. Absolutely, we will do shows in Hawaii. Because by then, Donovan Mitchell is going to be a New York Nick. I have a drop dead date for you. We'll talk about that coming up on the show. Is R.J. Barrett enough for the New York Knicks to send to the Utah Jazz to make a trade? Did you see what happened with the NFL and Deshaun Watson? Do you need crust on pizza and Snoop Dogg's got cereal? All right. See you Monday. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Hi. Um, It has been kind of a crazy morning already. Jake is not really present. He wants violence and stuff, right? That's right. What, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's really that's really what meeting. I'm looking for. You know, that's it. That's all. Yeah. That's the yeah. that's the whole mm-hmm. nine. Hey, want to remind you that we are sending two listeners to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas. Pretty simple thing to win, right? We are giving you two nights at the Palms Casino Resort and Hotel. We are giving you two tickets to the game. Pretty difficult to get those tickets right now, but we've got two tickets to see BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas on October 8th, and we're giving you a $250 gas card to get you there, and the only way that you can enter that contest is stop by any barbecue pit stop in Utah. Logan, Lehigh, uh, St. George, Layton, and of course, Salt Lake City in Murray. Walk into any of those stores. After you've checked out their amazing selections of rubs, seasonings, sauces, spices, smokers, aprons, um, you know, yeah, cutting boards and stuff, anything you need for a smoker, their selection of pellets are amazing. Like if you go to Logan and all my good friends at Utah State, hello, if you go to the Logan Barbecue Pit Stop, they have a full-time butcher on staff at Barbecue Pit Stop in Logan. It is an amazing store. Uh, There's also a box on the counter at every Barbecue Pit Stop. Just fill out the slip, drop it in the box. Then be there or be square on September 17th at the Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. We're all going to hang out. We're going to watch BYU and Oregon at Autzen Stadium in Eugene. We're going to smoke a bunch of wings. We are going to smoke a bunch of pizza because... Pizza on a smoker is amazing. And then at halftime of that game, we're going to pull the winner out of a hopper and we're going to announce the winner of a trip for two to see BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Get to barbecue pit stop, bbqpitstop.com. It's all brought to you by our good friend, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. 801-543-9666 for Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. Devery Davis with the Davis Lending Team, powered by Academy Mortgage. All right, first-time homebuyers, listen up. 
This one's for you. There's a huge misconception on how much it takes to buy a house. Is it 20%, is it 10%, is it 15%? The answer will surprise you. There's four mortgages in the United States. Two of them require no down payment, two require very minimal down payment. Out of that down payment, um, there's lots of places to get it from. There's state funds, county funds, city funds, lots of ways to buy a house, no money down. When I was 18, I got out of high school, I actually bought a brand new house, no money down, never regretted it. If you have questions, give me a shout. Glad to walk you through it. Have a great one. Do you know how difficult it is to point at a screen backward? <laughs> I don't know how many people realize how difficult skill. that is. 801 called every Davis. 801-543-9666. NMLS number 278-545. Every Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders without further ado let's get to work talking utah jazz basketball is rj barrett enough because interestingly been hearing a lot now that the utah jazz and the new york knicks have taken another step forward in their negotiations on trying to execute a donovan mitchell deal some would tell you that the utah jazz are now open to taking rj barrett back in that deal and the Knicks are willing to trade R.J. Barrett in order to get Donovan Mitchell. We've heard a lot of speculation on that. Sources at the Jazz have told me that they do not want to pay R.J. Barrett a rookie extension, which he is due for, coming up after this season. Now, R.J. Barrett's 22 years old, phenomenal young player. But is that the centerpiece of a deal to get Donovan Mitchell out of the hands of the Utah Jazz? It's a very interesting question and one that's been heavily debated. I would tell you if R.J. Barrett's the centerpiece, that's not a deal that I'm willing to do. When I look at R.J. Barrett, I think Donovan Mitchell is a far, far superior player now, and I don't see R.J. Barrett developing into the player that Donovan Mitchell already is. So, Jake, no, I don't believe that R.J. Barrett's enough to get uh, Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz. No, absolutely not. And I think that R.J. Barrett is, uh, just like you said, is a great young player. But I just, it, it, there's not enough top end. I mean, it's great that he's young. It's great that, you know, he's he's doing some nice things in the league. But it, it, this is the age-old conversation. You know when guys have it and you know when guys don't have it. And R.J. Barrett is never going to be a, a killer. He's never going to be that guy that you want taking the game-winning shot. Like, that's not who R.J. Barrett is. He is a good role player in your starting five that does a certain thing for you. And I think that, you know, if you ask any Knicks fan, they're going to tell you R.J. Barrett's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm here to tell you that R.J. Barrett is a left-handed player that uh, has a nice game, but he's never going to be James Harden and in Houston. He's never going to be, like, tip-top of the league, that caliber of guy. And Donovan Mitchell's on the precipice of being that. And so that's why I say, it's it to me, it's it's... I mean, borderline disrespectful for the Knicks to be like, yeah, R.J. Barrett's going to be the centerpiece of this trade. That, that to me, is a non-starter. It's not a conversation. If you want to include R.J. In, in the trade to bolster the value, I can see that. I can completely understand that. But making him the centerpiece of the deal is kind of ridiculous to me. I just don't see how, how that that pans out value for value because you're getting a guy in Donovan Mitchell who, like I was just saying, is on the precipice, in my opinion, of being a top 10 player, of being, you know, that top cut, top echelon player. Now he's got to come out and prove that. But to me, it, he's better because we can at least have that conversation. With R.J. Barrett, 
I can confidently say he's never going to be in the conversation of best player in the league or top five or top 10. That's never going to happen for RJ Barrett, in my opinion. So to me, I just don't think it's a starting point or even a conversation. And there's a couple of schools of thoughts here on the situation with the Jazz. I would tell you September 1st is an incredibly important day for the Utah Jazz. If Donovan Mitchell is on this roster September 1st, my guess is he's going to training camp with the Jazz. There are quite a few variables that are going to lead us to that point um, here in the next, you know, 11, 12 days. But if Donovan Mitchell's on this roster on September 1st, my inclination is that he will, he will be with the Jazz in training camp. But I think there's a real good chance that in the next, you know, 12 days, this deal gets done. I think that's the only window in time that the Jazz and the Knicks have to get this deal done. And I think in that window in time, somebody's going to blink. And I am guessing that Danny Ainge is not going to be the guy that blinks. It's going to simply be a matter of, is Leon Rose willing to give up more talent or more picks to offset one or the other to make this deal happen? But the one guy that I can tell you that the, the Utah Jazz are not going to take back in return is Julius Randle. I have been told repeatedly by my sources at the Utah Jazz that they have no interest in Julius Randle. That what they've seen from the Lakers to the Knicks, while it was good for a six to eight month period, that Julius Randle as a Nick has not excited most of the league, including Danny Ainge and the Utah Jazz. So I would not expect, based on what Julius Randle is paid, based on what some of the things you've seen from Julius on the floor, I just don't think that Danny Ainge and the Jazz have any interest in Julius Randle at all. So I do not believe that they are going to make that trade with Julius Randle involved in it. Would they make an R.J. Barrett trade? I do think they would. I think it's going to mean that if they're taking if they're taking R.J. Barrett, that you are going to have to get, I would guess, a minimum of four first-round picks. And I do think Quentin Grimes has to be involved in that deal. I don't see a way that Danny Ainge takes R.J. Barrett, knowing he's going to have to extend him uh, on his rookie deal, knowing that you're going to have to extend him and probably pay him the same money that you're paying Donovan Mitchell, and you're going to have to take a veteran back in return and a guy like, a, let's say, Cam Reddish, that you wouldn't get Quentin Grimes and three other, you know, three other players in that. Like you need a dearth of young talent. You need a lot of draft picks. And I consider, frankly, in my opinion, the right number's four. If I'm taking RJ Barrett back, the right number's four. Because I just don't want to extend RJ Barrett. I don't want to pay R.J. Barrett a max, and I think that's really going to be the the tipping point on this deal. Yeah, and I, and I think, and that's kind of what I'm getting to, is like, you know, paying R.J. the max and extending him off his rookie deal just is not a a, a viable option if you're the Utah Jazz. I, I just don't see why, like, why would you do that? Why would you, like, the, the, I almost feel like this whole conversation is how much do you want to help the Knicks? You're doing the Knicks a favor by taking R.J. Barrett back. You're doing the Knicks a favor by even humoring, you know, any team in the league, by even humoring the Julius side of it. You'd be doing the Knicks a favor. Why would you do that? You know, that that just doesn't that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And so when I think about this trade, I think that, that, that R.J. Barrett, while he is a nice young player and definitely can be included in the trade, is not the centerpiece or like the headline or the topper on on this deal. That's not how this needs to work. What it needs to be 
is I think it needs to be what Danny's been asking for all along. Six first-round picks, several of those unprotected, you know, and then you build the deal off of that. So if Leon Rose and the Knicks are only willing to give four, that means I agree that Grimes has to be in the conversation. He has to be in the deal for it to make sense for the Utah Jazz because that is what we keep coming back to. The Utah Jazz don't have to do this. They don't. There's no, there's no need. There's no pressure. There's no leverage here as far as Don to the Jazz is concerned. Like he's not asked for a trade. There's, they don't have to do anything. And that's the, that's the thing I keep coming back to. Is great. At, you know, every Knicks fan wants to tell you that Leon is, it, Leon and the Knicks have all the leverage, and it's just Utah and little old Utah, right? That's that's what you're gonna hear out of New York. But what I'm here to tell you is little old Utah has no need to trade Donovan Mitchell. They don't. They just it's just not a necessity. You could easily have him here the next three seasons and not think twice about it. And you'd probably go to the playoffs. You'd probably be a a, a, a relevant team. Uh, and I think Danny Ainge and the fan base it, it do just fine with that. I, I honestly I honestly do. But if you're going to make this deal, Danny Ainge only gets one shot at it. So I, that's why I think he's not compromising. You're not coming off of your asking price, and you shouldn't. Well, I also think you're looking at a pretty significant qualifying offer in the range of $15 million for R.J. Barrett. Um, again, you're looking at a guy in Cam Reddish who I think you know what he is as a player already. I mean, what has he been in the league? Five years? Four years? This will be his fifth year, I guess. Um, you know, I, I think you know what Cam Reddish is. Um, that's a guy that I think, you know, you're, you're paying him four or five million dollars a year. Like you're going to have to be creative with what you take back from the Knicks here. That's the, that's one of the bigger situations here as well is what veteran contracts are you taking back to, to make a deal with the Knicks work? I mean, a lot of people point at Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier. I don't know that those numbers work. And frankly, for Danny Ainge, I don't know what you do with Evan Fournier. I have no idea what you do with him. I mean, if you're the Knicks, I mean, my guess is that you would like Donovan Mitchell, Patrick Beverly, a young player, and then you're probably going to do a pick swap. And in return for that, you're going to have to make that money work. And that's going to be, I think, one of the sticking points on the seal. Not only are the draft picks a sticking point, but what veterans are you willing to take back? And I think that's why you hear Julius Randle's name so often because of the money that Julius Randle commands and the caliber of player that the Knicks are asking for in return, you're going to have to figure out how to balance those books. But in general, I think Danny Ainge, I think he would do this deal at four first-round picks. I think he would do this deal with four and Quentin Grimes involved. I just don't know what his appetite is to because at that point you're in a full rebuild. If you're trading yeah. Donovan Mitchell, you're in a full rebuild. They know, I think that the Utah Jazz are acutely aware that for them, you're not doing a typical rebuild. You've got to, in, in Utah, you've got to go and trade for superstar players. So I think you want as many assets in return that are draft picks and young players. That's why Quentin Grimes holds so much value in this conversation. Like Emmanuel quickly to me is not nearly as valuable as a Quentin Grimes is. I think you can you can develop Grimes in your way, and the money that this Utah Jazz organization is currently spending to bolster their development efforts is significant. So I don't have any question that they would take back Quentin Grimes right now today in a deal. I think this deal would have already been agreed to if they if they could have gotten Quentin Grimes in it. 
I think Grimes and, and the young talent on the Knicks roster is far more of an issue than draft picks. Far more. Mm-hmm. I think Danny Ainge should take four first-round picks, and I think Leon would give four first-round picks to give Donovan yes. Mitchell. I just don't think he's willing to do that with Quentin Grimes in that deal. And frankly, I think that's more the sticking point. I think the players, the human beings involved in this trade are far more the sticking point. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. I mean, if you're Danny Ainge, again, you're only going to get one shot, you know? So, <laughs> like, there, that's why I think this is just taking so long. And, and I really hope... You know, I really hope for Donovan Mitchell that people don't think that he he has anything to do with how long this is taking or like, you know, because he just doesn't. Like the Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell situations are totally different, you know, and that's the thing that I hope that fans and people who watch the game get out of this. Donovan Mitchell has handled this perfectly, in my opinion. You haven't said anything. Everyone else is doing the talking for you. Um, and you're just kind of cruising along, putting in your work in the summer. So, Hopefully, uh, whoever he plays for, he comes back and has a big year because that that I think will will sort of put this to bed. No matter if he's in a Nick or a Jazz uniform, whoever he plays for, you come out and you do you know if you average thirty points a game and you're a better defender and you do all these great things, then no one's going to worry about you know no one's going to have any hesitation about you know hey did the Jazz get proper value back or not? They're, everyone's going to be in a good spot. Yeah, I think that it is It is very interesting. One of the questions I think is NBA fans that you have to ask is, why are the New York Knicks so fixated on Donovan Mitchell? This is something I've asked a lot of NBA people I know, and nobody seems to have the answer. Because the Knicks, with the assets that they have, and with the assets that the Knicks are willing to give up to get Donovan Mitchell, there's a lot of players available. I mean, it's simply a matter of, why are the Knicks so fixated on this? I don't buy that it's because, hey, he's a Westchester kid, CAA, Leon Rose, like his dad works for the Mets. Like, okay, I understand all of the, the New York ties to Donovan Mitchell. But does that tell you that it's worth overpaying for a guy who I think is on the cusp of being a superstar? But Donovan Mitchell's not a superstar right now. Donovan Mitchell's not that top five player we've all talked about. My suspicion is he will be. What we saw from him the last two nights in the Miami Pro League has been nothing short of sensational. And when I say that, it's not him dunking. Everybody can dunk, bro. The mid-range game that he is showing in his summer, his summer workouts, his summer games, his summer pickups, is not what we've seen Donovan Mitchell in the past. A step-back fadeaway in the corner is not who Donovan Mitchell has ever been. And seeing stuff like that now, again, I will just reiterate, he's going to be a 30-point-a-night guy. Is that a superstar? Yes, it is. Is that a guy in New York that can be the, the centerpiece of a championship team? I think it is. I think that's what the Knicks are fixated on. I think the Knicks believe that Donovan Mitchell can take this team and propel them forward because with Donovan Mitchell, this is a playoff team. I don't have any doubt about that. Donovan Mitchell has shown that he can take the mediocre talent he's had around him in Utah and he can make them them better. He can carry the team when they need it. The question is, is the talent in New York better than the talent he had in, in Utah? And I think there's no doubt it is. Mm -hmm. Jalen Brunson is the better guard to Mike Conley right now today. I don't think there's any doubt that Julius Randle's the best power forward either team has. 
I think when you look at Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell Robinson's the best center that either team has. Is he better than Rudy Gobert? He's not. But I think in today's NBA, he's more pliable and flexible than Rudy Gobert is. I look at some of the issues on the Knicks. The Knicks still are not done if they get Donovan Mitchell. They need more. And especially if RJ's in that deal, they need more. But there is no question in my mind that if the Knicks trade for Donovan Mitchell, they are a playoff team. If the Knicks trade for Donovan Mitchell, my guess is they're top six in the East. And the East, I think, is going to be good, not great. I think when you look at the top of the Eastern Conference, with all due respect to your right. Minnesota Timberwolves, right. if you right. look at the Eastern Conference, you're never living that down. Yeah, next if, question. if you look at the Eastern Conference, I think, obviously, the Milwaukee's, the, the Phillies, right. they're at the top of the East. Mm-hmm. Is Atlanta now at the top of the East? Yeah, I mean, I think I think like Atlanta is a team that has been rumored to be making moves too. You know, I mean, obviously the Dejounte Murray move uh, catapults them higher up the stack, no doubt about it. I think he helps them a lot. Uh, I think you know Trey Young has needed a second guy, and and I don't think that's a knock on Trey Young. Like I think Trey just hasn't had you know enough to work with. You know, with all due respect to you know Hunter and mm-hmm. you know some of these other guys, but. But yeah, I mean, I, I think Atlanta Atlanta's a playoff team, no doubt. I think Atlanta is a team that can give you some trouble. But but look, I, I think that this conversation around like what Don has had to work with and what he would have to work with, you're right. Like I think, you know, Jalen Brunson is a nice running mate for Donovan Mitchell. Yes. Keeps him off the ball. And I and I think that's what that's ultimately what Donovan Mitchell needs. He is not a a one. Like you don't want Donovan Mitchell to be to be playing traditional point guard for you. That's not his highest best use. I understand that what he may be slightly undersized to play the two guard or or like a two three hybrid maybe, but that doesn't mean he can't get the job done and, and be really effective. Like that's that ultimately is what it, like if I'm Donovan Mitchell, that's what I'm excited about. Whether I'm in New York Nickland or I'm I'm staying with the Utah Jazz, I'm getting a new offense either way. I'm getting into a situation where I can breathe offensively, where I can actually play my game and do my thing. And what that's... Is, what, uh, sorry to interrupt. I thought you were done. Sorry to interrupt you. What is what is Miles McBride? I think this is a huge question. Yeah. I think he is... Largely, he's unproven. He's a young guy. But of course, yeah. Because I, 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 his name certainly is going to be on that piece of paper. I mean, that I think Miles McBride has to be in that deal. So if you end up with a... With a with three guys that are, and I still can't believe Leon Rose is going to trade. I can't even say it. Is he really going to trade Quentin Grimes to get Donovan McNichol? Hello? Hello? Never. Is he really going to trade Quentin Grimes to get Donovan Mitchell? Like, I have a... I, that's even hard for me to say that this out loud. This is why like, it's baffling that they're so obsessed with Donovan Mitchell. That's why, to me, it's surprising. Man. I think that's one of the best points you made. Like, you have all these assets, and you're just seemingly fixated on them. I mean, if it was me... Well, that was like, said to me by an NBA guy like, the other day. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I mean, again, as the saying goes on our show, the famous saying, inside joke, with all due respect to Donovan Mitchell... You know, there are some better players available right now that are not typically available. So if you're the Knicks, it just is surprising to me that you're not able to get traction in other situations. And I will say this, I think that the reason that the Knicks and the Jazz are, you know, perfect dance partners here is because of where the Utah Jazz are at. 
That's why I think the Brooklyn thing isn't getting traction for the Knicks because yes. Brooklyn is not interested in in a ton of picks and like you know like sort of going down that rebuilding path. The 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 Nets are interested in win now talent. Uh, you know, in trades they want guys and contributors back for Kevin Durant who can help them win now. So that's why you're hearing the Jalen Browns of the world being in the 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 Kevin Durant trade. You know. Um, and that's why I say if you're the if you're the Knicks, I think I personally think my opinion is that's why they're obsessed on Donovan Mitchell because the Jazz value four, five, six first round picks. They value you know Quentin Grimes. They value McBride and R.J. Barrett. Like these guys. That's why I think the Knicks have been hammering Danny Ainge's phone. And and the thing is, I don't know. And I've been saying this for a minute too. Like I don't know how long you can let this run into camp. Like. You know, you you said earlier in today's show that you thought we were in like a kind of a window here. Like you had probably 10, 15 more days or so, I think you said, to to get this deal done. That's it. 12, and, 12 days. I think I think because of the Patrick Beverly contract situation, I think once he becomes available for trade, and I'm pretty sure that date is August 30th. Uh, once he becomes available in trade, I think that's when this deal has a very high potential to get done. If there is a deal to be done, it will be when Patrick Beverly is available. Right. right. I think that's been the holdup. And that, and that's why I think, like, so that's, so my point just is, is like, that's why I think the Knicks have been obsessed on Donovan Mitchell because of where the Jazz are and, and, and just the situation. And, but to me, if I was the Knicks, I would be doing everything that I can do to get Kevin Durant or to get like this the best player available. That's what I'd be trying well, to do if I was the Knicks. Here's the problem though. The Sacramento Kings are said to be willing to give up Keegan Murray to get Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, if if you're if you're the Brooklyn Nets, I think that kind of deal is gonna be very difficult to do. And frankly, I I I just think that there's a a very low appetite on the Knicks to reshape the organization right now. I and and this is this is the thing about Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell doesn't force you to reshape your organization. He takes you to the next step. Mm -hmm. And I think a guy like going and getting a superstar of Kevin Durant's ilk or somebody like that. Yeah. The issue becomes now you're back to huge risk. Whereas right now, if you trade for Donovan Mitchell, is that really a huge risk? No. Is that I mean, is there if you if you give up and again, I, I maintain that Danny Ainge, my sources at the Jazz have told me straight away, Danny has never asked for less than six first-round picks. We've been reporting that since early July. Six first-round picks. He's never asked for eight picks. Never. Not one time. This smokescreen, like all of a sudden Washington's come out of the woodwork. Washington is only a value to the Jazz and a Donovan Mitchell trade as a third team. I don't see that the, the Jazz would trade him to Washington instead of New York. That makes yeah. zero sense. Yeah. The number is four first round picks. Leon Rose has never offered four first round picks. They and this is the other thing I want to convey. Like it's not like Leon Rose has said, well, let's do this, man. Three first round picks. That's all I'm with they haven't had those conversations. From what it's been described to me, Danny ain't just told Leon Rose, hey, I'm in this for six first round picks. If we can do this deal at six first round picks and Quentin Grimes, and and let's, you know, that's where these conversations have happened. Yeah. Everybody has been fixated on the Knicks called the Jazz or the Jazz called the Knicks, or they haven't talked for a month. All I can tell you is 
that I have repeatedly been told they have been in regular communication. There has been no gap of weeks at a time Mm -hmm. where the Jazz and Knicks have not talked. They've been in regular communication. I do believe that at one point they had a framework of a deal. They went to the NBA. They got clarification. Hey, you know, is this kind of deal plausible? Is this, you know, can we trade this, these picks? And and this was when we got all the, hey, I'm getting texts and the deal's about to be done. This just for timeline references. That's That's what we think you know, happened that there was confusion around why they were going to the league. Cause every trade has to be run through the league. Like, like, okay. So they put the trade together. Then it's got to get sent to the league for approval. Well, and the Knicks also have, remember a ton of just, they have a melting pot of picks. Yeah. So the question was, Hey, cause for those of you who don't know, not to simplify this, I'm not saying you're dumb or whatever, but just to simplify it, you can't trade all of your draft picks. You have to have a certain number of your future draft assets. Mm -hmm. And so from what I understand, there was a conversation with the league about, Hey, are these particular picks available to be included for clarification purposes, which I agree with you. That's what triggered. This is why, you know, some people just don't have sources. That's what triggered the, Oh my God, it's going to happen. They were talking to the Knicks and the jazz in summer iteration. We're talking to the league about the framework of a deal. So I do believe at one point, about two, three weeks ago now, the Jazz and the Knicks had a framework of a deal and Quentin Grimes became the the tripping point. Mm -hmm. That's why that deal was not done then. And I think they have tried to massage different trade packages, which is now why, and without divulging too much, I've just gotten the feeling based on conversations I've had that I think Patrick Beverly's involved in this deal in one way or another. Yeah. And talking to some people around Pat Bev the other day, like, we've been efforting Patrick Beverly on the show. And talking to people around him, there's a hesitancy with Patrick Beverly injecting himself into the Utah market in any way, shape, or form. Now, we've known, and I've said this on the show, the Jazz have two deals in place for Patrick Beverly that they can make. At any time. But they haven't done that. They haven't sent that paper to the league for approval. Now, is that because he's not available to be traded right now? Like legally, like he can't execute that trade? I don't buy that. All the time, players that can't be traded until a certain date get traded. And then it's announced on that date. I think it's because the Knicks and the Jazz are talking about a deal that includes Patrick Beverly, Mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense. I want Patrick Beverly on my team. By the way, By the way, call me crazy. What have we seen from Patrick Beverly? We've seen him mentoring. We've seen him coaching. We've seen him at, you know, in in some of these these runs that he's been involved in, these pickup games, we've seen him talking to the group after the run's over. Mm -hmm. Mentality stuff. Hey, don't sell yourself short. Like he, there was a video of him talking about effort and energy and this is why you're here. I'm for real. Patrick Beverly is not the same Patrick Beverly. Yeah. This is a guy who's highly motivated now to be a team player and contribute. And what did we hear in Minnesota? Man, we're going to miss Patrick Beverly. Yeah. So I think Patrick Beverly offers the Knicks a hell of a lot of value right now. 
I really I think they would they would take Patrick Beverly in a deal. Yeah, and I and I also think that three team dynamics really interesting as far as Bev's concerned. Yes. I mean, you know, you, yes, you think is. about you think about you know, we we haven't really heard much. I mean, obviously we've heard, you know, the Wizards and some of these like fringe teams, but we haven't heard like a definitive, hey, yeah, this particular team is being introduced as a third team to bring value to either side. So when you think about a player like Patrick Beverly, he would be a guy like if he wasn't going to the Knicks, he would go to a third team to kind of balance things out and make the trade more tenable, make it work a little better. So that's why I say like guys like Patrick Beverly, when they're included in a conversation, in my opinion, just based on what the league usually does in trades, it doesn't guarantee a third team, but I don't think anyone would be surprised if there was a third team involved in this with the magnitude and the size of this deal. And so that's why I say, you know, yeah, to your point, like, hey, maybe he can't be traded till X date, but that doesn't mean there's not conversations happening, and that doesn't mean that there's not a deal being being put together where there's yeah. a third team and, you yep. know, he could be sent out and all that good stuff. Totally agree. Hey, Brandon Price, appreciate the $5 tip. Thank you. He says, keep Mitchell, trade bogey for John Collins, flip Beverly and Beasley for picks or three and D player. Thanks, guys. Love the show. I, Bro, boy on for John Collins would be crazy. Well, I think John Collins is a guy in Atlanta that they would like to move. And again, I will just maintain, I think September is going to be one of the most bananas month this league has ever seen. Bogdan I think that Boyan's going to get moved. I don't think there's any doubt. I think the question is, okay, do we make a Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich trade? Because I do believe there is credence in Lakers, Mavericks, Jazz making a three-team deal. Definitely. That sends Boyan Bogdanovich. I think Mike Conley. Bojan. I think Mike Conley has a lot of value to those two teams. The only thing I don't like about the Lakers-Mavericks situation for the Jazz is the fact that the Jazz would be just getting picks and buying out Westbrook. If, I mean, if you well, believe I, all the and reports. I don't, think and I, don't that, that. I don't think that's the deal. Yeah. I really don't think that's the deal. I think what you're looking at is I think Dallas would would it essentially send Tim Hardaway Jr. to the to the Lakers, who I know the Lakers covet Tim Hardaway Jr., I think they would like to add Mike Conley to that mix. Um, I think Dallas would love to have Boyan Bogdanovich. They need a knockdown shooter. They do, yeah. I think they do not trust uh, uh, Timmy to be healthy. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., who's had significant injuries, including last year. And a lot of people think if Tim Hardaway Jr. had been healthy, that's a different situation. But when has Tim Hardaway Jr. ever been healthy? And that's my thing with the Lakers, bro. Like, you, you keep... Not, all jokes aside, like, the, the behavior of... Adding guys who are hurt a lot uh, continues, and and I just don't know, you know, when that changes. When like, you know, at some point that's got to change. Yeah, but I, I I don't think in this. I guess this is what it really comes down to. I don't think, and I want to be careful how I say this. I don't think the Lakers look at it like that. I think the Lakers look at this situation. And they say to themselves, we need shooting and we need a true point guard that we can trust. Mm -hmm. And I think they don't have either one of those. And, and, and I think that's why the Lakers would would love to get Malik Beasley, who yeah. also I think is a guy that the Jazz are going to want to trade. I think Malik Beasley has tremendous value around this league to contenders. Thanks. I think, and this is what's so interesting about these conversations. And when you talk to guys around the league about what the Jazz have to offer, there is this perception that the Utah Jazz, you know, well, they're just that team in Salt Lake City, all them damn Mormons. 
You know, we're talking Utah. Better bring up religion and be a bigot about it. Like if you, if you kept up on Twitter yesterday, it was ridiculous. I think teams around the league realize that Jazz have to make trades to improve their roster. Yeah. Because they're not going to sign free agents. They don't have that ability. So when you see that they are going to trade Donovan Mitchell, or if you believe they're going to trade Donovan Mitchell, why would you not call on Malik Beasley? Yeah. If you are, you know what? If if you are, if you're the Chicago Bulls, are you telling me you don't want Malik Beasley? Are you, are you, are you telling me you don't want Jared Vanderbilt on that roster? If you are the LA Lakers, are you telling me that you don't want a Pat Beverly? Are you telling me you don't want a Malik Beasley? Yeah. If you're the Knicks, you don't want Patrick Beverly to mentor all those young guys you have. I think you do. So I think there's a hell of a lot of value in that. I think there is a lot of value on that. There, no question. All right, let's get some of your thoughts in here. I see a lot of you guys commenting this morning. Hey, by the way, thanks for being here. Um, this has been an incredible week of growth on this channel. Uh, we have had a lot of, we have added a lot of new subscribers. We have had a lot of interaction. Uh, we have had more comments this week than we have ever had in the history of this show. We have had more comments on this show than we've ever had previously. Yes! We couldn't do that without you guys. You watch this show. You talk hoops with us. We talk football. We talk Big 12. We talk Pac-12. Thank you for being here. Uh, now hit your ass on the like button. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <coughs> okay. I feel better. Um, give us a thumbs up if you're here right now. Appreciate that. Can I, Johnson, what's up, my guy? He says, top of the morning, fellas. Stephen A. Smith. Okay, I'll just move on to the next comment. I'm kidding. Stephen A. Smith said the Jazz wants six first-round picks in R.J. Barrett. Is this true? Do I, play, do I pull the card? Do I say, well, we've been telling you it's six first-round picks for weeks. six weeks. Weeks. Ever since the... The Rudy Gobert trade, and about a week later, the the Donovan Mitchells came up. Donovan Mitchell rumors came up. We told you Danny Ainge asked for six first round picks. Yeah, that's the bar. Yeah, I don't necessarily believe that R.J. Barrett's the guy the Knicks want to trade. I don't believe that R.J. Barrett's the guy the Jazz want to acquire. But what I think is. R.J. Barrett might be the guy that gets the deal done. Might be the guy that gets a deal done. Yeah. I'm not convinced of that. I think Quentin Grimes is the guy that gets a deal done. But I again will say, if I'm Leon Rose, I'm not trading Quentin Grimes to get Donovan Mitchell. I want to see Quentin Grimes at the end. Yeah. I want to see Quentin Grimes at the end of his rookie deal. I want to see Quentin Grimes develop into something where, because I think, and again, I'm a talk show host. I'm not a talent evaluator or a general manager. Right. I think Quentin Grimes could be the goods. I want it. He could be that dude. He could be that dude. And if Quentin Grimes is that dude, and he does that in a jazz uniform and not a Nick uniform. Donnie, please. Isn't that going to be held over Leon Rose's head forever? Yes. Man, it'd be tough to make that deal. It's really despicable. Woo. It'd be tough to make that deal. I just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, JP Shanahan said, if they're close to saying yes, does that mean that trade is imminent? I, I've never said they're close to saying yes. I, so I'm not the guy saying that. I'm telling you, I think this deal gets done potentially a week from now, week and a half or so, right about the 30th. 
that's when I think your best chance to get this deal. I, I, look, I think close to saying like the word like so when we say, hey, they're close to making a deal, like whether it's the Jazz or any other team, I, I think close to making a deal is like such a gray area. I mean, you know, tomorrow you like tomorrow, the Knicks could call the Jazz and be like, hey, yeah, we're willing to do X, Y and Z, which should get the deal done. OK, and now the deal is done. Were they close today? Before that call was made tomorrow, I, you know, who the hell knows? Who knows? Like, I think that, I think that, you know, the NBA, the NBA is such a relationship-based business that that things can turn very quickly. That's yes. kind of the thing in the NBA that's really tough to judge and sort of measure is that, like, hey, it's, like, it's literally a phone call away from from anything being done. Like Kevin Durant, perfect example. Tomorrow, a team could call the Nets and literally check every one of Joe size boxes and the trade is done. Like that's how quick it can happen. But again, this, this league is so thirsty for getting as much value back as possible. That's why things take time. That's why the Utah jazz deal in this Donovan Mitchell situation is taking time because there is no incentive for the jazz to trade Donovan Mitchell. It is purely a, Hey, the Knicks have been beating down our door for over a year about Donovan Mitchell since before the Rudy Gobert trade happened. And now we traded Rudy and we've sort of established this bar. Cause that's the other thing that I feel like, you know, is getting kind of left behind here that we can't forget that Rudy Gobert deal is essentially allowing Danny Ainge to ask for six first round picks. If he doesn't make that deal and get the haul he got for Rudy Gobert asking for six first round picks for Donovan Mitchell would be outlandish. It would be, like, you know, disrespectful in a sense. So that's why I say don't discount the impact that that Rudy Gobert deal had because it's totally impacting the Donovan Mitchell situation. So, you know, to answer the question, I guess, are they close? I mean, close, uh, how do you define close? I mean, again, like whether it's Beverly or any other piece of this deal, it, it, it could get done tomorrow or it could get done in a week. It just depends on how close they're willing to, you know, or how willing how willing both sides are to come to the table. Like, that's just how the situation works. So I don't know how you define close. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know how you define close. I And that's why I say I'm not the one who says it's close. CAA Mafia says the Knicks are not giving up RJ in more than three first-round picks. Well, then they're not getting the deal. Time will tell. Time will tell. Pudge MYC says salute, Monty and son. Hi. Hello. How we doing? Uh, and my jazz fan says, uh, JP Shanahan, that would mean that the jazz are giving up assets. They just got from the Timberwolves. I would agree with that. I would totally agree with that ghost. Good morning. I hear all kinds of rumors. Now they say Utah wants RJ and six picks. Well, I mean, listen, I think want, I look, RJ Barrett is a nice player. He's a nice player, but he's not a guy. You're like, gotta have it. You have a better player in Donovan Mitchell that. R.J. Barrett never by any measure projects to be better than Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So this idea that the 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 Jazz are desperate to get our... Uh, I just don't see that. <laughs> I, I I don't. I don't. Kurt Myers says, Jake, did your alarm go off on time this morning? I'm in for the morning due report. Yes, yes. Uh, and today, I believe, is National Men's Grooming Day. I could be wrong, but I think I saw that last night. So I just felt the need to actually use my alarm today and, and do my hair right. Now, again, after the show, we're getting the skin fade with the hard part. So, you know, the, the due report's going to change for Monday. But uh, we're in good shape today. Requen says Jake is still trying to fix his hair. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. You know. I'm good. Did you say hard? 
Yeah, sure. I, I said hard, yeah. I think you did. Right, I said uh, hard, right. Kenny says, morning, fellas. Caleb says, uh, RJ Barrett can't shoot from anywhere on the floor. Maybe. Maybe. James Knight says, uh, good to see you, mofos. Could make it. LOL. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Mark Hales, good morning to you. Uh, James Knight says, stop feeding the chickens, Jake. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know what that means either, but uh, I would love to own chickens. Uh, so glad to listen to Jake's dad and Jake's dad's son talk about sports, Kenny says. <laughs> There's been this odd fixation. I think it's J.P. Shanahan. Oh, man, dude. Something like people, it's been weird. I said one time the other day that Jake's my son and you'd have thought the world stopped spinning and people are like, whoa, wait. Son. Monty's had sex? Whoa, bro. Whoa. Dude. Bro. No, it's got to be adoption. Whoa. It's not. It's seed. Donnie, please fertilizing egg and stuff. James Knight says a little early to be doing drugs, Kenny. Exactly. Exactly. Jake aside, I'm actually in a situation to call Devery Davis. Do it. Kenny. Do it, bro. Do it. Do, Do it. it. What's your, if, I mean, generally speaking, obviously we don't need specifics, but are you, are, what are you doing? You buying a house, you refinancing. What's your, what's your deal? What are you trying to get done? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about it, bro. Uh, all right. There's a ton of comments today. So with all due respect. Yeah. This is why. We appreciate. Yeah, this is why. Uh, Slick Rich gives us a four dollar and ninety nine cent my boy? tip. <laughs> What's up, Slick Rich? We are not fixated or obsessed with Donovan. Donovan is not going to put us immediately a contender. If we get him, fine. If we don't, let's move on. Well, I actually think he makes you a significantly better team. Yeah, he he is. He's that guy. Alexa is playing music. Dude, the again. A word on the fridge is a problem. Alexa, stop! I hope I didn't turn your A machines on. Anyway, the point is, um, <laughs> the point is, I actually think Donovan Mitchell takes you to a whole new level. I I believe that. I listen. I've seen this guy every game his his entire career. I mean, I I saw his first preseason game as an NBA player. Trust me, Donovan Mitchell is that guy. Mm -hmm. He is special. Donovan Mitchell is unique. Donovan Mitchell is absolutely a killer. Absolutely. He's the guy you want. If I'm the Knicks, I, I I mean, I'm not fixated on him, frankly. If I'm the Knicks, I'm willing to give up four first-round picks to get him. That's how highly I think of Donovan Mitchell, that I give up four first-round picks to get him. I would give up R.J. Barrett. I would give up Emmanuel quick, quickly to get him. And I would, I would probably put Evan Fournier and our uh, Cam Reddish in that deal. So right there, I'm telling you, I'm willing to give up Cam. I'm willing to give up Evan Fournier and I'm willing to give up Emmanuel quickly. I am not willing to give up Quentin Grimes. And I think that's where they are. I mean, yeah. that's, that's and, precisely what we've heard. And again, I understand. It's not like Quentin Grimes blew off anybody's doors last year. He was wildly inconsistent. Frankly, I think he's coming off of a major knee injury that he, he missed time with last year. Okay, totally get that. <laughs> I'm telling you, that guy, his top end is crazy. His top end is crazy. Uh, Tony says, uh, Jeff Teague and John Collins to the Jazz. Nah, I'm fine. Uh, Jacob Yates says, Knicks have been irrelevant since 99. I feel bad for them. Knicks are never irrelevant. Have they been a force in the playoffs? No, they haven't. Should they have been better? Well, sure. Sure, absolutely. I should have lost weight a long time ago, but I didn't. That's why I'm fat. The what point is, 225. The point is, on the Knicks, 
The Knicks are right now, right where you want the Knicks to be. Mm -hmm. They're on the verge. You add Donovan Mitchell and you roll him with Brunson and you put him out there with Mitchell Robinson. And I actually think if they don't trade Julius Randle, Brunson, Don, and Julius is not a bad bad triple threat. No, you'll make some noise in the East with that. No doubt about it. I, I think for Nick fans, and this is kind of what I think, uh, what was it, Slick Rich was saying, is like, you know, does adding Donovan Mitchell to this core group that you have now make you a, a title contender? That's no. what I think Nick fans No, it want. does not. Yeah. It does not. Yeah. CAA Mafia says, does Lakers re-signing LeBron bring them back to a three-team trade as they would want to get better right now? Well, and this depends on who you believe, but... The Lakers in the in the the LeBron James camp have a plan in place. They they they're gonna make the the Kyrie trade. That's mm -hmm. my opinion. Because it's all part of the plan. Which I think sets KD in motion to be moved. Finally. I, I think my guess is that's how that goes down. But I think the Lakers will be aggressive. They they just have been so hesitant to give up those two future first round picks. The problem is if you trade Kyrie to the Lakers, if you're the Lakers, he's a one-year player. He's a one-year player. But you've got to you've got to have a, a dance partner for Russell Westbrook. You can't have Westbrook and and Kyrie on the roster. No, that's just not, not going to work, bro. That's too much selfishness that's on 70, one team, bro. <laughs> 70, 80 million dollars. Yeah, worth of trash. Like you can't do that. You cannot do that. Uh, Slick Rich also says Knicks for clicks. What does that mean? Knicks for clicks. Uh, CAA Mafia, Lakers 27 and 29 picks look real nice. Those are probably rebuilding years for them. I think they're going to move those deals. Lakers uh, are never rebuilding, friend. Pudge NYC says Hardaway going to Utah. I doubt that. Uh, M. Morris says Lakers spend to compete. Knicks don't. Truth. Absolute that's truth. I think that's fair. Uh, White Falcon 44. Trade Randall, OB Grimes, IQ three picks for Ben Simmons. Well, and I think there's real credence in that because Ben Simmons is on a prove-it deal. He has got to have a season. And if that's in Brooklyn, I think they're going to be better for it. I think Ben Simmons on the New York Knicks is a really good fit. A really good fit. Is he a good fit with Donovan Mitchell? I don't know. I don't know, man. You, I, and you can't have two of those deals on your on your. You wouldn't be able to do that anyway. Here's my problem, though, with with Ben. I I like. I get it. Mental health is tough. You're dealing with things. I get it. But when it comes down to it, whether your leg is broken or your brain's not working, right? It's all about what can you do for a team on the floor. He he was in a per, a perfect position in Brooklyn. You did not need to score the basketball to literally thrive and resurrect your career there and nothing happened you left text message groups you you reportedly you know left your teammates hanging so that's why i say like i just i like if you're the knicks why would you take a risk on ben simmons he's I, a I, huge risk i just I, I to me you have you have a nice setup right now you're in a good in a good place i understand why you want to try to get donovan mitchell to add to the the premier talent you have right now i get it Ben Simmons, to me, if I'm the Knicks, I'm not doing that, but we'll see. I mean, the Knicks have made some questionable decisions. I, but I think, and I think this is also part of this, and I know we have a lot of Knicks fans in here today. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I believe in Leon Rose. I actually think Leon Rose has done a really nice job. 
as much heat as he took, and my God, he courted all that heat at the at the draft. Yeah. Has he not put himself in a really nice position to build a, a really tough team? Yeah, I don't think this is a Leon issue. I, I, I think it's an issue of, you know, just straight up decision making. I mean, these are not easy decisions. Like, no. like you know, I and this is, again, not to be repetitive, but this is why I come back to that same question I asked earlier of why are the New York Knicks uh, fixated on Donovan Mitchell? And I think the true answer to that is they're not necessarily fixated on Don. They like Utah's situation and how that benefits them and how they could really make a good deal for them happen. And so that's why I think you've seen them be so hooked on Don and the Jazz and this whole conversation. I, but I also think that's why you're not seeing them going after Kevin Durant super hard or like the Atlanta stuff or any of these other opportunities. The Utah Jazz situation plays particularly well for the Knicks. So, I, you know... I agree that I think a deal is probably going to happen, but it it can't be a thing where Danny um, acquiesces, if you will, which he's never done before, so I don't think no. he will. But you just, for the Jazz, you can't have that. Uh, let's see. Down, up, down. Why? Why? Burpees are traumatic. Uh, Lakers have offered two firsts, and the Nets said no. They want players, not picks. But... Any Kyrie Irving deal is going to be a three-team deal. I mean, like the Lakers and Nets don't have the the framework to make a 1v1 trade. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt that's a multi-team deal. I, I mean, I, I I think, I don't know how much I believe all this. Sean Marks is demanding players that can make them a contender right now. Like, you're not in a position to really demand anything. No, I mean, you're not. I, 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 I have a hard time believing that. We've gone from they want 27,000 first-round picks for Kevin Durant to now we want a replacement-level player for Kevin Durant. You, like, who are you, dude? Like, um, you, you're, you have no leverage. Yeah. You, I mean, you have, no, you, have no, you have no frame of reference, Donnie. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about here? Yeah. Like, it, that's very clearly not a 1v1. Pudge says Kyrie to L.A. Um, let's see. White Falcon says Kyrie would be aight with Westbrook, LOL. Kyrie can score. Well, you know, it's funny. We played basketball yesterday for the first time in like a year, like actual pickup five-on-five basketball. Right. And I dominated. Right. I did. Right. But there was a cat who hit the side of a backboard from like, I don't know, five feet. This dude, who did I think of when I saw that? Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. That's who I thought. That's what I said out loud, Westbrook. Like, I that's who this dude is. Yeah. That's who this dude is. Because it's garbage. It is. Asler, what's up, man? He says, hello, just to say that we don't need RJ in this deal. Grimes and salary matching, Rose or Evan, for Don is good for me. Ainge is, one, is the one who will decide how many unprotected picks he still wants. Yeah. I, I don't, and that's my thing with Leon Rose as well. I don't think Leon, I have a hard time believing he wants to trade RJ Barrett. I mean, you don't say, hey, we're going to, and I'm pretty certain that they're working on an extension if he stays there. I mean, he's a, RJ Barrett is so young. I just don't ever see him projecting to be Dude, who Donovan Mitchell is. I, I really don't. This isn't a conversation around what you want to trade. We're not talking about what you want to trade. If, if it was a what I want to trade, all right, yeah, here's a pick for Donovan Mitchell. That's what I want to trade. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, what you're, you know, what you're willing 
to talk about trading. Yes. That's and that's a big difference. You know, I think I think that 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 Danny is is in the unique position of having the guy. That's the thing in trade conversation. Who has the player that the trade is centered around? Because nobody cares. Like nationally, the headline isn't going to be well. Quentin Grimes got traded today. That's not what the headline's going to be. The no. headline's going to be Donovan Mitchell is a New York Nick. Donovan Mitchell goes home to play for the Knicks. Like it'll be something like that. So, so my point just is, is Danny Ainge has that luxury of having the guy that's the centerpiece and the headline player in the deal. And it's really just more of a conversation around willingness. Hey, what are you willing to humor? What are you willing to talk about? That's how these things get done. Because what ends up happening is someone's going to get sold. It's the old saying, right? Someone gets sold on every sales call. And is it going to be you or him? And Danny is notorious for the guy doing the selling, not the buying. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's I think it's very interesting. Um I lost that comment, darn it. Somebody was asking about the Jordan 5 uh on the wall there. Um the white one with the purple. How did we get it so quickly? Um it's not like we have any special connects. I got to be honest with you. We won that on the Nike app. We won that in the the day it came out. So it's not like we did anything special to get that. My mom does not work at Nike. My mom um, so yeah, I love that. I'm a huge fan of the Air Jordan five. In fact, there's two of them up there. You know, there's the green up there as well. I'm a huge fan of that shoe. I have come a long way, but I will say my favorite shoe for sure. The Air Jordan three, I think the three or the nine. And a lot of people ask me about shoes. Uh, the three, this three right here. I, I believe love, that's called the desert elephant. It is. I love the, uh, I love the colorway. I love the, the tongue on this shoe with the jump man. I like the, that's the, one of the, the best suede. colorways of the three I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I really, uh, I'm a huge fan. Cause like, obviously the blue cement and the red cement are iconic colorways, but yeah. that one in particular really is nice. Yes. I'm a huge shoe collector. I have too many. I've st oui. I got to stop. We. Oui. We. Oui. How many shoes you have? 60, 70 probably. How many shoes I have? Yeah, you have more shoes. That doesn't mean that I'm not someone who likes them right, or but collects them. You're broke. I'm rich. Well, I mean, suck it. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, I'm kidding. Yeah, you know, you know, it is I'm what just, it is. Y'all feel me? Anyway, by the way, in the shoot, in the comments, are you guys, are you Jordan guys? Are you Adidas guy? Nobody's in it's Adidas guy. It's National Photography Day today. Tweet us a picture of your, your favorite shoe if you're a shoe head. Yep. I, I agree. Jacob Yates says no one wants Kyrie. The guy is the guy's genius on the court is buried deep in the dirt of his flat earth by his off court antics. Good. Please respect my privacy. Okay, well, here's a question. Does Kyrie Irving make the Lakers a championship contender? Yes. I think he does. You put Kyrie on the floor with even broken down, don't have a groin Anthony Davis and LeBron James. He makes James. those two guys better, and there's no way around it. The only question is how many games is he going to miss? And he's a big shot maker. He's a big shot maker. I agree, though. The issue with Kyrie Irving, and and you know what, man? I think you're exactly right about this off court stuff. The 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 idea, and I don't I don't fault him for being Muslim. I I really don't. I don't have any I, uh, any issue with it. The issue comes in for like Ramadan, where last year, I mean, he looked not good. He looked emaciated, like he looked like a guy that hadn't eaten in a year. Yeah. And he's like coming out with a, a a sandwich on the bench. Like, and you know what I loved about that? It's just, just so tough to to <laughs> not to be a jerk about it. I, I 
I want you to exercise your, your religious belief. Yeah. I do. But at what price? You're paying him $37 million and you know that during Ramadan he's going to fast sun up to sundown. Hey, guys. I mean, it makes it it makes a difference if you're the Lakers. It makes a difference if you're the Nets. It, it, it does. I hate to say that, but it, it makes a difference. It matters. Uh, Marlon Shaw gives us a $10 tip. What's up? He says, listening from BYU, uh, listening from Florida as a BYU fan, I would like to hear your opinion with respect to Donovan Mitchell trade is what value the picks have with all the restrictions on the picks are. What true value is there? Well, I think there's no doubt about the fact that they need to be unprotected picks. And they need, you need pick swaps to offset, you know, those unprotected picks. And I think the this coming season is critical because the 2023 NBA draft is loaded. Now, they're not going to get VW. They're not. The Jazz are never going to be in a position to have the number one overall pick. I, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. And frankly, I think you you make a huge error in judgment if you think VW is a guy that you can put in and just all of a sudden become a contender. I mean, I I, I just don't see, like your guy in o Oklahoma City, man. Chet. Who weighs more, VW or Chet? Uh, my finger. They're both like 84 pounds with rocks in their pockets. Yeah. like I mean, you have a lot of development to do there. That's not who Danny Ainge has been. Yeah. I think Danny Ainge is acquiring assets to make trades because he knows that's how he's going to have to build this team. Yeah. So I actually do think there's a lot of value in those picks. I think there's a tremendous amount of it. First round draft picks are currency in this league. Second round picks, meh. First round draft picks are currency in this league. It's that simple. So I actually do think there's a lot of value in those. Uh, Brandon Price says, uh, like Jordans, but a big fan of Mitchell's line with Adidas. Can't wait for the Don Fours. I really liked James Harden's first shoe. I played in that shoe. I bought two different pairs one. of it. The volume one was a phenomenal shoe. But even like the boost, like I, I struggle I have one pair of boosts that actually, boost, yeah. yeah, that Jake got me for Christmas one year. They're really comfortable. They don't perform. They, in my opinion, well, what does they, that mean? They don't perform. You don't get the bounce of the life out of them as a as an athletic shoe, and as a style shoe, I just don't think the boost, the ultra boost, is that good looking. I grew up dying for Sambas from Adidas. Mm -hmm. Love the Samba. Other than that. I'm just not an Adidas guy. Yeah. I'm not I'm just not an Adidas guy. That's my thing. That's my thing. I love Jordans. But I, I actually think Don's got a good looking shoe. I like that it's affordable. And I like that he gives a lot of them away in the in the community. Yeah. I think it's he he does a lot with Adidas in the community. Uh let's see. Down up down says Kyrie won't be a headache this season unless he wants to jeopardize a two hundred million dollar contract he's able to sign next offseason. See see down up down, I agree with you. I think Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant largely. Uh there's so many guys on prove it deals. Donovan Mitchell is 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 a guy who's got to prove it this year. Um I look at Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker who's making fifty million dollars a season now. Mm -hmm. He's got to take a step forward. And I think Devin Booker knows that. I think when you look around this league, a guy like, look at, look at Kyle Lowry, 
Do you think Kyle Lowry's in the shape that Kyle Lowry's in because he's trying to retire? Fat. I think Kyle Lowry wants one more bite off the financial apple, right? Like, so he's in a prove-it season because Pat Riley called him fat. Mm-hmm. Right? So you look around this league, you know who else is in a prove-it year? I heard this name yesterday or two days ago that Kawhi Leonard's in a prove-it year. Yeah. Does he still play basketball? He's got to stay healthy. He has to. Because I think Paul George has actually gone to Los Angeles and rehabbed his image. Yeah. I think Paul George is a guy, now he's missed time, not the kind of time that Kawhi's missed. And I'd remind you, Paul George has been really nice in the playoffs the last two years. Mm -hmm. Ask Jazz fans about Paul George. Well, Joe Ingles is in his head. Right. Anyway, the point is, I'm telling you now, I think Kawhi Leonard's in a prove-it year. And I think a lot of these guys are in prove-it years. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right, down, up, down. I think Kyrie Irving's one of those guys because he's got a lot of money on the line. Uh, Tarnell Nettingham, you guys aren't in charge of what the Knicks give or not for Mitchell. Are you sure? Damn. Yeah, next question. I mean, I thought we were, but, you know. What are we doing? Why are we doing this show then? I thought we were only doing this show to command what the Knicks give up for. You think you wow. know it all. Wow. Well, you just ruined my day. Because here, Tarnell, I thought we ran the world. Yeah, I, you know. It's really unfair. Is that, it is. Is that, do you think that's why Vladimir Putin hasn't returned my calls? Because we don't this know. This is why. We don't run the world in stuff. Uh, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Michael Burton. Can we offer multiple first round picks to get the number one pick? I mean, you can offer. But, I mean, if you think about the teams that are really in position to get that number one pick. You look at the bottom of the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have to. You're. I mean, they're going to be trampling themselves. <laughs> and and do you really want the number one pick? I mean, do you know how much risk is in? If you look at the history of the NBA, and let me just pull this up. Mm-hmm. If you look at the history of NBA first round picks, let's see, do do do, and you look at the Bennett's of the world. <laughs> NBA. The thing with VW. Number one. Dude is what? 7'3? Picks. Is he 7'5? No, what he's is, like 8'6. You know what I mean? Like he's so tall and the athleticism is totally there for the size. But I mean, you're one misstep away from dude being out. Like it's crazy. All right. Let's see who 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 of these picks are like superstars. Paulo Bancaro. Don't know yet. Although I will say. Good chance. DeJounte Murray punked him bad. Cade mm-hmm. Cunningham. Legit. Anthony Edwards, legit. Zion Williamson, fat. DeAndre Ayton, bust at number one. Markel Fultz, bust. Ben Simmons, bust. Carl Anthony Towns. Mm, can't say he's a bust, but I don't think he's lived up to number one overall. Andrew Wiggins, bust as a bust. number one pick. Anthony Bennett, bust. biggest bust in the history of the NBA. Anthony Davis. Uh, no, nah, he's lived up to it. He's lived up to it. With the Lakers. Nah, he's lived up to it overall, I feel like. I mean, he... You do? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie Irving. He's lived up to it. John Wall. No. Blake Griffin. No. Derrick Rose. Yes. MVP. Greg Oden. Bust. No. Arn- uh, Andre Bargnani. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Bogut. No. Dwight Howard. No. You don't think Dwight Howard lived up to it? I think he was the best player in the NBA for five years. Yeah. LeBron James. Obviously. Yao Ming. Obviously. Bust. Uh, Kwame Brown. Bust. <laughs> Kenyon Martin. Bust. Elton you Brand. Know. Bust. 
Not for the bowl. Not for the bowls. He wasn't worth it. Uh, Michael Alawa Candy. You don't even know um, who that is. Bust. Tim Duncan. Yes. Allen Iverson. Yes. Joe Smith. Bust. Um, Glenn Robinson. Bust. Chris Weber. Bust. Shaquille O'Neal. Yes. Larry Johnson. Grandmama. Best days were as a Hornet or a Nick. Derek Coleman. Purvis Ellison, nah, bro. Danny Manning, yes. David Robinson, yes. Like, I, I'm back to 1986. There's a lot of guys who don't live up to it. Yeah. And I think some of these young guys, if you look at it, the recent guys, Cade Cunningham, I think that, I think, I think Cade Cunningham and Anthony Edwards are on the route to being stars. Yeah, they both have the goods. DeAndre Ayton, Markel Fultz, Zion Williamson, Ben Simmons. No. Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins. Right. Prove it here. Carl Anthony Towns. I think there's a lot of busts at the top of this draft. You know, I just I that's why I say I would just be very careful when you say, Well, I want the number one pick. Do you though? Yeah. Mm. Do you? Mm. Uh NY Jazz fan gives us two dollars. Thank you for that tip. Appreciate it. It says, uh, would expanding uh slash diluting the NBA be a good move? I don't think it would. Donnie, please. I don't think it would. Uh, let's see. Cash out James says Weber a bust. I think he was. Yeah. I think Chris yeah. Weber absolutely was a bust. Yeah. If you, and I'll pull up his numbers. You I mean, look obviously, at, obviously, you know, big, big impact, but you know, again, we're not talking about, did you just make waves or did you just do some things in the league? Like I think for a number one overall pick, you need, you need championships. You need, or like MVPs or you need like, Hey, I was the guy in the league with the team that drafted me for a good amount of time. Like, do you guys recall the first three teams that Chris Weber played for? Um, the Warriors. Everybody remembers the Warriors. Who remembers him as a Detroit Piston? Not me. Who remembers Chris Weber as a Philadelphia 76er? Not me. Then you remember him as a Sacramento King. Yeah, we're really focused on Philadelphia right now. But here's the question. Didn't his legacy die on the floor in Dallas when he hurt his knee? Yeah. I think it did. Chris Weber, not a championship player. Didn't win a ring. Is like Now, matter? you want to look at his career stats? Okay, we can have that conversation. Chris Weber, number one overall pick. Just off the top of your head, what would you think his points per game average on his career is? It's got to be 25 at least. 20. Disappointing. What do you think he averaged when you look at games per year? Mm. It's a guy that averaged 64 games a year. That's not good enough, dude. I'm sorry. That's just not good enough. And by the way, he played in a different era, but he didn't even average 30% from three. He didn't shoot 50% from the floor. This guy that averaged 20 points... And nine rebounds. Is that a Hall of Famer? Is he a second rounder or a number one overall pick? Number one overall pick. Come on, guy. Number one overall pick. Come on. You bugging, cash out, James says. Could be. Uh, NYC718 says, Weber is on the cusp of entering the Hall of Fame. How is he a bust? Well, that that's cool. Your mom's probably going to get into the Naismith Hall of Fame. Come on. You know what I mean? Like the Hall We're of Fame. We're talking about number one overall picks. We're talking about, hey, you know, did you live up to it. And I know that there's not a rubric on paper that's that defines living up to it, but you know, again, going down that list we just went down, you know, Allen Iverson. Yes. You know, I look at current guys in the league like John Morant was drafted number 2 overall. 
probably should have been number one overall. He's living up to it, right? Like, I look at some of these other guys who are living up to it. It's obvious the guys who do, and it's obvious the guys who don't. I And maybe Bust is probably strong. I mean, he did win Rookie of the Year. Like, okay, I get that. He was never the best player on a championship team. And having covered him in Sacramento, Chris Webber was high isn't that what, maintenance. Dude, isn't that what the number one overall pick is supposed to be for your team? Like, isn't Paolo Bancaro, like, supposed to take them places? And I right? look at what happened in Michigan. I, I don't know, man. I just don't think that Chris Webber's one. All right. Anyway. Next comment. Yeah, we'll move on. Josh Levern says, hold up, time out. Yeah. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> uh, Ryan Scandura says, I don't agree on Weber um, beaming a bust, but I also agree that anyone gets into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's not a metric you want to use. It's not. In what way is C-Web a bust, and in what way is Iverson not a bust? Well, I mean, AI's a guy. How do I put this? Allen Iverson should have been far better. And let's just tell the truth on this, right? Like, Allen Iverson should have been the best player ever. Talent-wise, Mike, Magic, Bird, I mean, you name it. AI had all the talent in the world. But he was an alcoholic. He had huge issues with the people around him off the court. I mean, I can only tell you the crazy stories of trying to get him on The Last Word at Fox Sports. I, when I produced a TV show at Fox Sports, The Last Word, he was a guest, and just trying to get him to show up at the airport was a disaster. <laughs> like, I mean, it was a disaster. Like, Allen Iverson should have been the best player to ever play the game. He was a disappointment. But, but he also not the legend of him? But he also took Philadelphia back to the NBA Finals on his own. And he weighed 37 pounds doing it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, no kidding. Pudge MIC says, if AI was 6'6", my God. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. Yeah. Seriously. Anyway, all right. A um, couple other things I want to get to in the NBA real quick. Because I, I, think, I think this... I love these conversations, by the way. Yeah. Like, Hall of Famer, bust, good, great, like... I mean, I, I think it's phenomenal. Like, this guy yesterday on Twitter was busting my balls, so I said to him that Patrick Ewing should have dunked. <laughs> I mean, like, I love those conversations, right? Uh, I almost cried when Patrick Ewing missed that finger roll. I'm serious. I'm not even joking. I almost cried. I almost cried. Um, a couple other things in the NBA. How good is Julius Randle? Why do you sigh? Because, dude, Julius is all team. I should have been better than I am. That's what Julius is, man. Like, I love what the guy, like, when Julius Randle is, is playing well, he is one of the most enjoyable players in the league to watch. He is fun to watch. But yes, there is. is just too many times where he's in a pissy-ass mood and his his demeanor on the floor is not good. And, like, I mean, it's just it's a frustrating experience you know because he really should be like when I think of Julius Randle I think I go back to guys like Zach Randolph that's who I go back to I think of hey man Zach Randolph of Memphis was an absolute savage you know you yes. knew what you were getting out of him and and he just you just knew it and and that's what I have always hoped that Julius Randle would be but I feel like too many times he just doesn't it, it just like you're you're expecting it to go in and it doesn't it it just doesn't so so how good is he I, I don't I don't know how we define that but what I can tell you is I'm left wanting more I'm left saying all right 
yeah, I, I feel like you should have made that one and you didn't. And you've been cold and you are all pissed off because you're having a bad game. That's what I think is the struggle with Julius. And that's why I say I don't think there's a huge appetite for him around the league. You know, so, yeah, I mean, how good is he? He's probably like a five or a six out of ten. That's probably where I'd put him at. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously, I like his size. I like that he can knock down the threes, a mid-30s three-point shooter. Yeah. I mean, I, I want... I want more as the, as the old saying goes, I mean, looking at his numbers, I want more. I want him to play more games. I want him to, I want him to be consistent mentally. I want and more. I want more. Is he trash or is he a guy that you can't have on your team? He's not, but he also isn't one of the guys that can be what, one of your first two options. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a good third. Like he, he's that guy that if you are, you know, if you have two star players on your team, he fills out your your team well. Okay, so what would the what would the Hawks be if it was Julius instead of John Collins? Man, um, that's interesting. You see what I mean? Like it's hard to define what you would be because you don't know what you're gonna get out of Julius. That's the thing. He's and he's left handed, by the way. Let's not forget that. That changes things. He's got tremendous size. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I don't he's never going to be what you need him to be in New York. And this is one of the questions I would have for Leon Rose, who never does interviews. Um, but where are you at with Julius? Like, is this a guy you're trading? My, my guess is that most people would say he's garbage. That most people would say he's garbage. I I, I would guess. Um, CA Mafia says, to his defense, the Knicks forced him to a first option role. He's not with a, um, he is not that with a better point guard. He can be more efficient. And still get you 10 to 15 boards a night. Well, and I also think he's capable of giving you 17 to 20 on a given night. Yeah. You know, so if he's a double-double, you know, so. Uh, White Falcon 44 says, no IQ, LOL, Randall can get it, can't get it right. Well, I also think you don't want him as your number one option. I just, yeah. I don't. Julius Randall is fine, but the lights are too bright for him as a Nick. It's not a coincidence that his best season came when fans weren't in the stands. Well, yeah. that's probably not a coincidence. Uh, Team Money says Randall would thrive in small hick town like Utah. Wow, a small hick town like Utah. Man. Why you know what those damn Man. Mormons? Man. You know. Man, why do, that was really original. You know, I, have what? you ever heard that joke before? I have not. I've never heard that before. Did you know there are Mormons in Utah? This is fucking America. Your wow. Com that, that Mormon comment got filtered, by Wow. Hey, man. Like, why is that the perception? Uh, I, hey I mean, I, even I understand. Hey I live in Utah. I am not from Utah. I am not Mormon. But I'm telling you now, this is the single best place I've ever lived. And I've lived in LA. I grew up in Chicago. It's just weird to me that people are like, oh, Utah sucks. It's, you know. Okay. So that's how it's going to be. Good. Don't can't, come here. Don't come even, here. Can't even swim in the lake. It's all salty. Yeah. Don't come here. No, you you're salty. I mean? Utah. Come on, man. Anyway, uh, Pudge says uh, Randall is getting traded. Yeah, I would agree with that. Ghost says Randall is a fool's gold. He's the best player during a contract season. Well, there you go. Uh, hey, brother. Brother. Says between we trying to trade Julius Randall to the Jazz, that's a negative. I mean, who we think a trade with. I want Mello in it if we are able to trade with D. Mitch. I'm a Knicks fan. That's my opinion. Okay. Cool, man. Okay. I like it. Uh, Frank Bagnato. 
Big Nato. Big Nato. Yeah. Um, Frank Bagnato arrested on murder. He's the guy that <laughs> you know put that body in the barrel at the bottom of Lake Mead. Uh, That's yeah. a mafia name. Frank uh, Bagnato. I've always uh, stood on my innocence. The Bagnato. Wow. Already. <laughs> already what? with the Deshaun drop. What? <laughs> what? The Bagnato crime family. Yeah. Um, they knocked off a bakery and broke Julius Randle's foot when he was a Laker. Life uh, in prison. I've always uh, stood on my innocence. I cannot believe you're already playing that. <laughs> Fat Jesus says, it's not too late for you to convert. Can I send you some literature? The missionaries come to the door and you're like, uh, no, nah, I'm fine. <laughs> I saw it. I'm fine. When we first moved to Utah, we lived in Sandy. Yeah. And to our right was the bishop uh, or was the president of the stake. To our left... What was, is the stake for all those who don't know what that is? Oh, the like that area. The, yeah, essentially the local church, the local branch of the LDS church. Okay. The stake president was to our right. To the left was a lady that was like a bishop uh, in the bishopric, a le in leadership in the in this stake. You know. Across the street was another guy in the bishopric. Like, I mean. Right. And then you had the crazy house down the street. You, you did. That's true. They never bothered us. They asked us to come to chicken dinner every Sunday night. We said no. <laughs> Obviously. But we used to get missionaries at our door all the time because they, they would stay like our, the the guy next door to us that was the stake president, like remodeled his basement and made it essentially living quarters for missionaries mm -hmm. so that they could, you know, they could live there in comfort. And, and the thing that's amazing to me is everybody has this idea. Well, the Mormons are going to get you. Get ready to write that tithing check, friend. <laughs> right? Like, they're coming for you. And you hear all the stereotypes. You hear that, oh, put on the magic underwear. <laughs> like, you hear that all the time. Right. It's just not true. Right. Like, it, if you are not a member and you live, a member of the LDS church, if, you are, if you're not a member and you live in Salt Lake City, your life is unchanged. I mean, you're, 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 you're not impacted by it. Now, there's a temple on every corner, it feels like. Are people myring? And there's a church on every street, it feels like. Right. I live in South Jordan, and there's, I feel like there's a, a church on every corner. For real, dude. But it doesn't impact me. My neighbors are, are, are Mormon. My, uh, I have a ton of Mormon families that live around us. Mm -hmm. How does it impact me at all? It doesn't. I'm not even the least bit. Well, you know, if you're not Mormon... They're not going to talk to you. You're ostracized. You know, there's a big ax on your front door. I talk to my neighbors all the time. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the stereotypes of what life in Utah is like. Well, now listen, I know that you guys use like horse and covered wagons to get around. <laughs> you know, um, we understand that you guys, you know, anyway, nice field. Yeah, I understand that you guys are cult. You call your yards field and you cultivate them. Yeah, nice field. Um, you know, I like. I just feel it's like what it is. That's how that's what people it. think Utah is, dude. Like them, those Mormons. Yeah, gonna, Donovan know, Mitchell plays on a dirt field. Yeah, I mean they don't have an arena there. They play the Jazz actually play in an actual barn. Three fourths of this is inaccurate. You know, like they built this wood barn, and it's kind of cool. Like sometimes if you just watch the camera angles, you can see the hay and the horse shit in on the sideline. down by the river. You know, and them chickens, they had to stop the game. Did you guys see that? Them Mormons had their chickens in the barn that the Jazz play at. 
and they slipped and fell on the chicken shit. It was kind of funny. Cock a doodle doo. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I got news for you. We actually have gas powered vehicles here in what? Utah. What? All gas. Oh my Maybe. God. You, we have cars here? And when I say hoes, I mean women, not like field tools. Okay, that's probably too far. Anyway, speaking of Deshaun Watson. Feathered about this situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, my God. I, I don't know. Bro. I just... Anyway. Bro. Um, let's see. Talking with Raphael Podcast. On PBS Radio. The one thing I'd like to see more is Colombian restaurants, though. We have a few, but not enough. Okay. 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 Right? That's fine. Alex Chacon says, living in downtown Salt Lake is like living in any other major city. It's just a little smaller, which is kind of nice, LOL. I got news for you. We have drug dealers in Salt Lake City. We have a huge addiction problem. We have every problem that major cities have crime. We have pollution, massive pollution. Well, what do you mean? Is it methane from horse farting? No, <laughs> guy, it's actually... You said methane from methane? horse farting. Look, I know that you guys, you know, plow the hose and stuff. Wow. Thank you, Michael Burton, for the dollar tip. Appreciate you. Wow. He says every chapel has a basketball court because we love basketball, Michael Burton says. Well. You know, when I went and visited Salt Lake City, we pulled up to the church on a donkey. And when we got it. Like I walked into the church and I, I tell you, that church ball court with that rug on it, man. Razzle-dazzle. You ever see that Jimmer Friday guy? <laughs> J-I-M-M-E-R. Yeah, the Jimmer Friday. <laughs> that Jimmer Friday was pretty good at, yes. at, at, at Brigham. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know. Dude. The stick. <laughs> anyway. Pudge MIC says Utah is the worst case co is the West Coast Boston. Could be. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Whitey Bulger's dead, so what? who cares? Boston doesn't exist. Teams have to have salary meet within 90% of the cap, so that's why the Jazz would be okay with RJ due to uh, due for who's due for a rookie extension. Correct. Um, I don't know that they'd be okay with that. He's only making, I think he's making $4 million. I think it's qualifying offers 15, his cap holds like 32. You've already got that in Donovan Mitchell and a better player at that same money. Uh, Mark Rasmussen says criminals are everywhere in Salt Lake City. I jumped there uh, almost. I was jumped there, almost died. Well, sadly, you're right. Catch me outside. How about that? Sadly, you are correct. <laughs> we have a lot of crime in Salt Lake City. We have a lot of homeless in Salt Lake City. Yeah. We have a lot of opioid addiction in Salt Lake City. We have real world problems. Well, because we're in the real world. No, we're not. This is, you know. Do you know how many people on Twitter yesterday confused Quakers and Mormons? <laughs> Do you understand how many people view the Mormons like they view the Quakers? <laughs> like there was a dude who I think eventually blocked me after the... <laughs> Patrick Ewing comment? <laughs> he was talking about, well, you guys don't even use electricity there. <laughs> what do you mean? we, Guy, do you see the bright light on top of the Mormon temple? Shining on the little dude that's golden stuff? Like, what do you mean we don't use electricity here? Shining on the little dude I can't that's what golden they call and stuff. I can't remember what they call the thing that... It's out of my head. Anyway, it is what it is. Wow. Um, let's see. Lots of meth in Salt Lake City, Bodega Wi-Fi says. Bodega. Okay.
Um, Huey Reed says, members of the church would go to baseball games on Sunday, would br- bring the MLB here, change my mind. Well, they go to jazz games on Sundays. So I don't need, I don't even know that we need to change your mind. You know, John Jackson says, Supersonics are coming back to the league to balance the West since the Timberwolves joined the East. Well, you know, I mean, that's, that's what needs to be done. Obviously that's what needs to be done. <laughs> Jake, one time, just for everybody who's new to the show. Yeah. I don't know, a month ago? Probably. We were talking about hoops, and Jake was like, oh, yeah, the Minnesota Timberwolves are winning the East. Just misspoke. Misspoke one time. He said that once. And John Jackson and, like, 10,000 others are like, oh, hey, by the way, um, now that the Timberwolves <laughs> moved to the East, um, Donnie, are those cows farting methane out in... in... <laughs> yeah, we're really focused on Philadelphia right now. Anyway, you know. It, it is what it is. Uh, Alex Chacon says, "Where are you arguing with Vern? Were you arguing with Vernon Davis? No, I was not actually." Uh, Kurt Meyer says, "Maroney, thank you, Maroney." Uh, Wes uh, Alex Chacon says, "Were yeah." Fat Jesus says, "Mrs. Monty powers this show by riding a bike in the background. She's not riding a bike right now. I mean, she will later tonight, but it's a different kind of bike." Uh, I've um, always uh, stood on my innocence. But- but I do like that that's how we actually make our electricity. I think that's what they yeah. were getting at. This is how we make our electricity. We have to pedal a bike you know. that powers the house, you yeah. know? Huh. I mean, because, you know, the Quaker Mormon LDS, like, doesn't that stand for the Latter-day Mormon or Latter-day Quakers? Yeah. But the Quakers <laughs> use electricity. I think they're confusing them with... Um, Somebody else. What's the other one? The you Amish. have to be nice to stupid The Amish people. are the ones who don't use electricity. The Amish. Yeah, yeah the Amish. Anyway. Sure, right. The yeah. Amish yeah. Quaker it's people. Funny. Right. Like, but, yeah. I mean, they make really good oats. The Mormons, right. the, the Mormons make really good oats. Yeah, they cut it with steel. You know. stuff. Oh, boy. You know. Anyone who doesn't know that the Salt Lake City <laughs> metro area is one of the largest <laughs> for tech financial companies. Oh, my God. Like, it, it's it. amazing to How me. How dumb do you think I am? <laughs> Pretty dumb. Uh, it's amazing to me that people, honest to God, are like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> they believe this stuff. Uh, I, I, yeah. Well, let them believe it. Please don't come here. Yeah. Seriously, don't move hey, here. You two motherfuckers need Jesus. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you absolutely do. Uh, Marlon Shaw gives us a $10 tip and says, East Coast so in the dark about West. True story. Years ago, went to scout... Um, went to scout jabroni in the east. We took cockle burrs and painted them white. Okay. Traded them to folks in the east as porcelain eggs. <laughs> Porcupine eggs, excuse me. You painted them. Hey, um, these are porcupine eggs. They have special power in your rectum. I doubt that. You insert them rectally. What? And they heal all of your sins. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. He ain't fixing that. Now, look, if you take these porcupine eggs, and I know this is going to sound crazy, (laughs) ingest them rectally, you know, you will have a prickly feeling for the rest of your life. A prickly feeling. Dude. Oh, my God. Bro. You traded them to folks in the East as porcupine eggs. What are porcupine eggs? Porcupine. Porcupine. Are, do they have eggs? Do they have a... No, it's a joke. They took these spiny 
pork little cocklebirds. Yeah. Painted them white and said they were porcupine eggs. Porcupine. Do you know what a porcupine okay. is? Yeah, okay. a porcupine. Okay. 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 It's a joke. Okay, got yeah, it. So, got it. Okay. You know, okay. Cockleburs and yeah, right. I, okay. It's a cockleburr. Damn it! Don't put that on your cockleburr. Yeah, I mean, listen. Don't put it in your pants. No, I've painted. That will itch. I've spent <laughs> a lifetime dedicated to painting. The cockleburs of young men across this country. Okay. Nope. See. Nope. 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 Uh, nope. I've always uh, stood on my innocence. Nope. And as somebody, trust me, as somebody, I have taken wrenches (laughs) and pulled them cockleburs out of people's mouths constantly. About this situation. And when I pull them out, I paint them and I sell them as poor cupines. Donnie, please. Oh boy. I, I make a pretty good living. Look at my wagon. It's got a gold plated cover on it. You know what I'm saying? Have you seen the shoes? Have you seen the shoes on my that's Lester, my donkey. Lester, show him your shoe. Like go look at Lester's shoes. Anyway. You've lost your mind. Yeah, I named my donkey Lester. What are you gonna do about it? Nothing. What are you gonna do about it? Who does that? Do you wanna see his cockle birds? <laughs> 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 You knew, you, by the way, you, you knew, you knew it was Friday. Cockleburs. That's Mar- just wrong. Marlon Shaw. You, yeah. You bro. opened up a whole wrongness. Okay, so I was with this. I picked up this girl at the bodega the other night. Hey, guys. And she pulled out her cockleburr, and I was like, God damn, woman. That is a big cockleburr. That's one hell of a blue waffle, lady. You know? No. Why? Uh, what? Why? And just kind of scruff it and play with it You're when it's wet. You're me. And like Deshaun, you're going to have to apologize. Oh! Uh, I've always uh, stood on my innocence. Wow. Damn. Wow. Deshaun has made the show already. And now I got to turn the camera and... Feathered about this situation. Look at her cockleburs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at... She said, look at her Mrs. Monty, Mrs. Monty hasn't been on the show and she's she's back in force. Look she's at, back. You know... I, you know, my great... Greatness only needs a short period of time. My greatness only in, needs. I bring all of the cockleburs to the yard. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, man. And Five dollars, I'll show you my cockleburr. <laughs> <laughs> please, please tip me five dollars <gasps> for my cockleburs. <gasps> this show is off the rails. Ridiculous, dude. Off Anyways, the rails. Incredible. And you've triggered me, Deshaun. Oh, so. my God. Yes. Deshaun. Uh, it is Deshaun's fault. Follow Mrs. Monty uh, on Twitter. Man. Okay. Welcome to the show, everybody. You know. Good, mor- good morning. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Mm. This is going to blow your mind. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. My bad. Yeah. Why would you say that? I'm not a smart Mayan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here's Desha- Without further ado, here's, here's Deshaun Watson. You know, I'm very grateful for the NFL and the NFLPA. Um for this disciplinary uh, process to be, you know, to a close and to an ending and have some clarity. Uh, and I'm looking forward to just moving forward with my career and uh, being able to get back on the field as soon as possible. But, um, yeah, that's that's the plan is to continue to grow as a person and individual and keep pushing forward. Oh, he, he had more to say, though. Sean, how did you go from I've done nothing wrong, I've never disrespected any woman, settling so many of these lawsuits and now agreeing to this discipline how did you get from that point to this well i've always been able to stand on my innocence and i've always been able to sit here and sorry you want me to do you care thank you (laughs) 
Uh, I've always uh, stood on my innocence and always said. And then this <laughs> what report, are you doing? this female report. I, I want you to, I, the, the imagery of this. I'm going to play that again. Watch the female reporter and how she goes. He's trying to talk about standing on his innocence from sexual assault charges. And this female reporter comes in in an uncomfortable angle. John, how did you go from, I've done nothing wrong, I've never disrespected any woman, to settling so many of these lawsuits and now agreeing to this discipline? How did you get from that point to this? Well, I've always been able to stand on my innocence. And I've always been able to sit here and, sorry, you want me to? Do you care? Thank you. <laughs> uh, I've always uh, stood on my innocence and always said that I've never assaulted anyone or disrespected anyone and I'm continuing to stand on that. But at the same time, I have to continue to push forward with my life and my career. And for us to be able to move forward, you know, I have to be able to take steps and put pride to the side. And uh, I'm gonna continue to stand on my innocence and, and, and keep pushing forward. And I've always, you know, stood on not disrespecting or sexual assaulting anyone. I've always stood on not sexually assaulting or dis disrespecting anyone. Uh, I've always uh, stood on my innocence. Sean. Bro, Sean what are you doing, bro? And if that wasn't bad enough, now you've heard that part. What's worse? Because here is Jimmy and D Haslam. By the way, remember all of the press conferences that were had at that house that's white in a certain city in this country during the thing we can't talk about where you had to wear a face covering and the thing in your arm because YouTube will ban us? Remember that? Remember those press conferences where there were people cowering in corners? Re remember that? How about D and Jimmy Haslam doing a press conference yesterday? Check out the general manager standing between these two brilliant folks. Absolutely. Hey. So you have no qualms about making someone a questionable character in the face of your franchise? You know, I, here's what I think is that um, I think in this country and hopefully in the world, people deserve second chances, okay? I really think that. And I, I, I struggle a little bit. Is, is he never supposed to play again? Is he never supposed to be part of society? Does he get no chance to rehabilitate himself? And that's what we're going to do, okay? And you can say, well, that's because he's a star quarterback. Well, of course. But if he was Joe Smith, he wouldn't be in the, on the headlines every day. So we think people deserve a second chance. We gave Kareem Hunt a second chance, okay? And that's worked out pretty well, okay? We're hoping this will work out, and we have strong belief it will. That doesn't mean we don't have empathy for people affected, and we will continue to do so. But we strongly believe, strongly believe people deserve a second chance. We believe Deshaun Watson deserves a second chance. Bro. What? Bro. And then how Dude. about how about Andrew Barry, the general manager, standing there like... <laughs> just like moving his... It's incredible. Like, look at just... I'm going to play 10 seconds of that. That's all you need. Look at Andrew Barry, the, the, the general manager, standing between D and Jimmy Haslam. Hey. So you have no qualms about making someone a questionable character in the face of your franchise? You know, I, here's what I think. Come on, dude. Come on, bro. How uncomfortable must it be? Like, he look at his head. is like, he's on a swivel. Well, if I run to the right, there's a gate. Uh, like, he's not to mention, dude. Yeah. not to mention, nobody knows who Andrew Barry is. And 
Yesterday on Twitter, so many people thought Andrew Barry was Deshaun Watson standing there between the owner. Because he's about a, the situation. He's a young black guy. So, you know, hey, young black guys standing between two white people like, oh no, he's the face of our franchise. You know, we he's Jimmy Haslam yesterday <laughs> is talking about Deshaun Watson. He's like, well, he's 26 years old and he's a quarterback. Carsey deserves a second chance. Are you kidding me? This after Deshaun Watson's like, I don't have to, I, I apologize to everybody. Uh, I've always uh, you know, stood um, on my innocence. Hey, Deshaun, uh, you're accused by multiple women. Like, I don't know, not 10, not 20, like almost 30 women said that you, you know, committed sexual assault against Feathered them. about this situation. Are you going to apologize? Do you want to apologize? Uh, I've always uh, stood what on Deshaun my innocence. What Deshaun doesn't get, and, and he kept leaning towards it when he was um, being interviewed that he, I, I'm innocent. Uh, I was never violent. Um, like that's what it ended up hanging on was that the judge said that his sexual assault wasn't violent sexual assault. And it's like, but it's, you still did what you still assaulted these women about the situation violent. Oh, okay. So we'll just wipe that away. You know, but it was so bizarre to hear him say, Oh, I, I'm sorry. You know, I know it's triggering. It's triggering for, for some women. It's wild. I, I don't I, I don't understand it. Like I, I wish that he needs therapy in order for him to understand and, it. And by the way, he's getting therapy. He has league mandated therapy. So Deshaun Watson's been suspended the first eleven games. Oddly enough, his first game back will be December fourth against his former club, the Houston Texans in Houston. This is only gonna cost him about nine hundred thousand dollars, and next year he's gonna make forty million dollars. And he has court-appointed, or court-appointed, league-appointed therapy and counseling mm -hmm. that he must partake in for the suspension to end. So, but this whole thing, the optics of this are terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the biggest issues is that Deshaun seemingly, his defense is, is that is it's not that he's guilty. It's more that people, in all jokes aside, that people were affected by a situation as if as if somehow this situation was out of someone's control and these people just were affected and, and he's being punished for that. That's what I think the 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 biggest thing here is like it had like all like if you can go if you just YouTube search the, the whole press conference, you listen to the whole thing. I, I would encourage you to. You will hear all day long, both from Deshaun, from Jimmy, from D, from the GM, them saying, hey, we're not going to comment on what Sue Sue Robinson said. We're not going to comment on what Roger Goodell said, which, while I understand that's a strategy you have to go with, I still maintain, this, and this is what I've always said about the NFL, these situations are opportunity to, to you know, make a difference and define what, like, represents you or how you're going to treat the situation, and and to sit there and just say, well, we're not going to comment on this or comment on that. And for Deshaun, Deshaun to have the stance that this somehow was like uh, accidental is not the right word, but just just like a situation that affected people. That's yeah. not what this was, dude. Like you flew. Some people think you flew like 60 or 70 masseuses out before these 25 became a problem for mm -hmm. you. That's an insane number. That's like that's the problem. This isn't some accidental situation. That was my biggest issue with the whole press conference yesterday. Yeah, I think it's incredibly weird that you're in a position here where you just don't have you don't have perspective at all. It, it's incredible to me 
We're talking about more than 20 women saying that your quarterback, who you traded for after all of this came out, sexually assaulted them. He has settled with them. And you're saying everybody deserves a second chance. Well, he's on like his 30th chance, Jimmy. I, I, I just don't know how this could have gone any worse. Well, and I, and I also Honest think, to God. I also think that the NFL has a stigma issue with rich white owner not being in touch with the reality of the world. Like, that's another thing that I think the NFL deals with. And this goes back to, yeah. you know, Bob Kraft. This goes back to, I mean, just, you know, Jerry Jones has had his fair share of issues. Like, there have been multiple examples, but this is just yet another one where you have Jimmy standing up there trying to advocate for a guy who, you know, assaulted, you know, 25, 30 women when it was probably 40 or 50. There are probably plenty more that we haven't, that, that didn't come forward. So, I don't know. I just, what I would have rather them have said is like, yeah, this did happen. We went through this process and we still decided to to sign him. That's like, that's the decision we've gone with because we feel like, hey, you know, yeah, he did all this, but this is, we think he's valuable to us on the football field. I wish but people I th- would just say that. I think that's what they did say. Mm. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think they did say, we believe he deserves a second chance. Well, you know, we we believe that, you know, we can give him the opportunity to rehabilitate himself. Like the problem is they never said that he did this. They simply said, hey, we're giving a million dollars to charity and causes to work in the community. That also went over terribly. Oh, it did. Jimmy it- was like trying to move on to questions and D like jumps in randomly trying to say that they're donating to charity. And it felt like it was more of a formality than they were actually trying to make a difference. Yeah, I just think that this is incredibly... Uh, uh, it's so short-sighted. It's so just tone-deaf. And I don't know how you fix it. I really don't think there's any way to fix this with with what the, the Cleveland Browns and the NFL has it- done here. I think it's... And you know what? I look at. I think this is a re- this is a really good good thing. Um, T. Martin says, "With well, if this was some other people, they would be in prison. E.g., black or Hispanic non professional athletes." Yeah. Well, I look at I look at Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger was in this exact same situation. Now it wasn't twenty six women or whatever that, you know he settled with. But Ben Roethlisberger was accused of far more heinous crimes than this. But, like, the balls to bring up Kareem Hunt. How are you bringing up Kareem Hunt in this press conference? Like, it's incredible to me that you would say, well, we did this once with Kareem Hunt, so we're definitely going to do it again. Like, that to me is incredible. Just shows no remorse, no... I just don't think it shows any sort of empathy towards the victims. And at look all. at look at Scandura making a great point. Let's not forget Ben Roethlisberger was celebrated last year when he retired it, yeah. as some kind of hero. Yeah, and he's not some kind of hero. And it, it's just the thing that bothers me so much about this. It's just another instance where there's been violence against women, and the NFL has failed to act. That's what this is. And you look at look at what the Haslam said yesterday. Well, Kareem Hunt. Got a second chance with us, and it's worked out really well. That doesn't make it right. Kareem yeah. Hunt, you'll remember, was on tape heel-kicking a woman who was kneeling on the ground. And what is Deshaun not? Not on tape. And I I don't know. I believe, and I know this is probably going to piss some people off, if, this, if Deshaun Watson was not an NFL quarterback, he'd be in prison. Mm-hmm. 
If Deshaun Watson was white, I don't believe he would be getting an 11 game suspension. Well, if he didn't have the the simple truth is is if he didn't have the money to settle with all these women, he wouldn't be standing there. No, he wouldn't. Right. No, he wouldn't. Like that's just this, the truth. You yeah. have to. I mean, if the he things pay he's him accused off, of, he'd he'd have been done. Yeah. The things he is accused of, I just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Nick's 100 a game says, uh, is this court system or media? What, what do you mean? Is this? What's your system? point? What's your question? I don't think like, there's any doubt that this is it, it, the number one topic in sports right now. By the way, the Cleveland Without media question. deserves a lot of credit. They straight up roasted those people. Oh, yesterday. they went after him. Like, they absolutely they went, went after, after him. Them, no dude. doubt about it. Uh, Keith Carl said, this is the most Browns thing ever until the next Browns thing ever happens. Truth. No. Yeah. <laughs> Truth. Uh, Go Black 45 says the court of public opinion guilty forever. Indeed, they are. Agreed. Indeed, they are. There, there is, There is no doubt about that. I just, I don't know, man. I think when you look at when you look at the pass that athletes get and the the free pass that wealth buys you. Yeah. I mean, you, you can look at politicians, famous people. The only guy we've seen really not buy his way out of something is look at Harvey Weinstein. Mm -hmm. But how many other guys have bought their way out of stuff? Look at Kobe. The list is endless. Kobe is Kobe is 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 in this conversation. Kobe was accused of sexual assault mm -hmm. and settled his case out of court after it went to trial. I was there for that. That was not a good thing for Kobe Bryant. But Kobe Bryant's revered as a hero today. You know, it. it I it's mean, time amazing. heals all, right? Like time heals all wounds. That's what the and that's what the league counts on. Athletic ability whitewashes a lot of stuff. Yep. It makes you forget about. Hey, we're just going to cover that up. We're just going to cover that up because you can throw a football because you can put a basketball in a hoop. And it's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. I just don't know. You know, it, it is what it is. Let's see. Michael Burton says, is it sexual assault of both parties consent prior to sex? But after the act, she then asked for money and he doesn't pay. I don't think there's any question um, that that is. I, how do I say this kindly? There's no evidence that happened. Yeah. There's no evidence that, okay, if it was one time, eh, maybe he gets the benefit of the doubt. Trevor Bauer. Maybe. And Trevor Bauer actually has text messages backing up his story. Witnesses that were friends with the woman accusing Trevor Bauer saying, hey, here's what she said. In Deshaun Watson's case, it's 26 women. Uh, I've always uh, stood on my innocence. Making very similar claims. And some of them are heinous sexual assaults. Feathered about this situation. It's hard to say, well, this is a money grab. Yeah. 26 times? Yeah. He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt that level, does he? I don't think so. I really don't. Brandon Price says, NFL settled for a money grab knowing everyone will have their eyes on the game in Houston week 13. Could be. Absolutely could be. Yeah. Could be. Uh, T Money says, well, if this was some other people, they would be in prison. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, he was passionate about his massages. Angry Emu says, yes, he was. Yes, he was. The Cleveland media, and I just want to keep pointing this out because we talk yes. about the media a lot on this show. Go watch that press conference. The Cleveland media asked the Browns GM, hey, what's the protocol for massage therapy for athletes moving forward? Legitimately, they asked that question. The Browns, the GM specifically, 
refuse, because the question included, hey, is it going to be a male or a female? The Browns refused to answer that question. They said, well, we've already got that kind of laid out, and that happened before all this, and we're not we're not really talking about that. That's, that's when we talk about accountability from the media, that's what we're talking about. That is a, I just thought the media, like, handled it really well. That's a great question. They yeah. need to have that clearly defined. Yeah. Yep. Um, if you're an athlete making millions of dollars, you should have clearly defined it already for yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. Nick's 100 a game says, would you like your screw-ups in life publicly on display, but everyone an expert at, at life? GTFO, I think here's the problem with that. He's an NFL quarterback. With yep. with with those opportunities come a lot more expectations and responsibility. The Cle- Do you understand that the Cleveland Browns backloaded his contract because they knew he was going to get suspended? He is. I, I I'm pretty sure he's going to make like forty two million something dollars next year. You don't get he's, to hide. He's. Do you understand that that he's going to lose the five million dollar fine? Plus nine hundred dollars in salary, nine hundred thousand dollars in salary this year, and he's getting all of it back next year. Yeah, like this is not. I understand he's paid these women off and settled with them. Let's call it millions. Do you think he's really paid a fair price for this? Do you really think if we believe half, just half of the allegations are true, do you, is this a fair penalty for him? No, it's not. And, and it's not close. That, Come on. That question of what would I want my, you know, <clears throat> my misdeeds publicized? I wouldn't want them publicized as me. But the problem is, is that I don't represent an NFL team as their quarterback. And I'm not a public figure like that. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, we do, we do public figure work. And so even more scrutiny, I don't get paid millions tens of millions of dollars to do what i do mm-hmm. and it it doesn't matter like you are responsible for you and just because you have a different job or a status doesn't mean you can get you should be able to get away with this well stuff. and the public are the ones who paid deshaun watson's salary mm-hmm. we make yeah. it possible because we buy tickets we buy yeah. his jersey we buy you know nfl sunday ticket we watch games on tv we buy pizza we we do all this stuff. We enable him. So the questions the Cleveland media was asking about, hey, do you feel comfortable having Deshaun Watson in our community? Those are really good questions. And I th- I agree with you, Jake. I think the Cleveland media did it did a really good job yesterday. Mm-hmm. Gabe Ledley, good morning to you. And if Deshaun Watson was an NFL owner, absolutely nothing would be happening to him right now. All right, Robert Kraft. Absolutely That's nothing. exactly Jimmy right. Jimmy Haslam. What's happening to Jimmy Haslam? He's completely enabling this guy. Nothing's happening to Jimmy. No. What happened to the Houston Texans? Nothing. 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 Uh, JJ says, we will likely never know exactly what happened. No, we won't. No. I would agree with that. Fat Jesus says, if Watson weren't an athlete, the women might not have come forward. Didn't they uh, go to a lawsuit before the police? Yeah, they went to... Well, what happened was the lawyer in the case that represented the women rounded up a bunch of more women. And so he put together an overwhelming case and then was like, oh, uh, oh, uh, gold diggers. Oh, no, we're working with the police. Mm-hmm. I don't think criminal charges were ever an option in this case. I really, really do not. I don't think that ever happened. I'm only saying if, as I don't know the evidence to be his judge, jury, and executioner. Well, I all I can say is the evidence, it's public. This guy 
flew masseuses from other states to Houston, and the Texans knew about it. Mm-hmm. He was using one of the team-affiliated hotels, renting out a suite, and in standard sexual assault fashion, sexual predator fashion, when when I go get a massage, I know I only use a small washcloth to cover myself. The, the judge who heard this case called it the towel trick because he would use a washcloth. He refused to wear a sheet. When these women would show up, he would be like, no, I'm not using a sheet. I'm using this washcloth. And he would cover himself and he would already be nude when they arrived. Come on, dude. Really? Are we really arguing the merits when it's 26 people? Yeah. Come on. Uh, Sean Butterfield says, here's the deal. Public figure or not, you should own your mistakes. And uh, he yeah. won't. And, and, and he won't. I could kind of understand if Deshaun, I wouldn't even be surprised if Deshaun didn't own his mistake in a press conference setting. I could kind of get that just because that's our culture. But the fact that the Haslam's didn't own it and didn't say, hey, yeah, like, like, yes, he, we know what he did. We know. Like, they, I feel like it just sent the message from Deshaun the ownership group, the GM, like across the board, we're not accepting or going to say that he's guilty of anything. We're we're just saying this is something we have to deal with, which I think sends the complete wrong message. Yeah, I, I just, I have no sympathy for Deshaun Watson whatsoever. I have no sympathy for him whatsoever. I feel like the NFL absolutely botched this thing. And I, if I were the National Football League, I would have had uh, Roger Goodell, I would have had him immediately appeal it. I would have had him been the judge and ruler on this, which he is well within his right to do. I would have suspended him indefinitely. Deshaun Watson would have never played in that preseason game last week. Mm -hmm. He would be out this entire season. He would have to go through intensive therapy. And I think the only path to redemption is through your actions, not your words. Yeah. He, I just, it's appalling to me. It's appalling to me that he refuses to take any accountability for his actions. Uh, I've always uh, stood on my innocence. Any actions. And the out-of-court settlement allows him to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's ridiculous to me. Yeah. It, I don't... And the biggest question, I guess, the thing that bothers me so much is I don't believe that Deshaun Watson understands that his actions have damaged human beings. And I don't care about the Browns or the Texans. His actions damaged a certain number of these women. Is it likely even that some of these women just hopped on board for a payday? Sure. I'm willing to even admit that. There are women in this case that are physically and mentally damaged for the rest of their life. Feathered about this situation. In my opinion, that's Deshaun Watson's fault. Yeah. And the fact that these women were outed and they were named and that people, this Solis woman, had people go after her and call her a gold digger and a whore because how dare she come forward and say she was sexually assaulted. That's the problem with this case. It's yeah. the same standard as like a um, an exotic dancer. They're like, so you got raped. You're an exotic dancer, you know? So you got sexually assaulted. You're a massage therapist that does it privately. Like, I don't care. 
if if I didn't want it and and if it wasn't consensual, if I didn't agree to that before being flown to wherever to perform massage, not sex, if I didn't agree to the sex beforehand, then it's not okay. And you the paid th- me to come and do massage. The hard part is, and I think this th- this helped a, a lot of these women. These women are like professional, like massage trained, educated massage professionals. Yes. Like they have, the one woman has a clinic and she only agreed to treat him because he talked about how his athletic performance was being damaged and yeah, come on. He was yeah. talking about how... Like, and he knew Come his on. intent was to bring them there to get them to perform sexual acts. That's the issue. That is the sticking point. Deshaun, you knew that is what you essentially wanted, but you did not put that in your communication with them. I, I, I don't know, man. I just think... You got to be clear. Trevor Brower, totally uh, clear. Bots. Yeah, of course the that, bots are here uh, to talk about Deshaun Damn Watson. bots. Yeah. You yeah. know, be clear up front. And if you're ordering a massage, anyone, male, female, I don't care who you are, if you're going to get a massage, if you are ordering someone to come and do massage, you are not ordering sex unless you have clarified that. Yeah, I just think, in my opinion, this is what Deshaun Watson was after. I think Deshaun Watson, you don't have, and again, this is my opinion, you don't have 20-something women. Yeah provide massage services when, when you're a professional athlete that is using massage ethically and, and for its intended purpose, which is to help you physically recover. You don't have 26 different masseuses. You yeah. have one. Yeah. Yeah. Every professional athlete that I believe in as a human being, you know, most of the guys I know have like two, like I can tell you back in the day, Shaquille O'Neal had one and it was a guy. Uh, like you don't, you just don't put yourself. Anyway, yeah, it, it is what it is. Can we please talk about Papa John's and pizza now? Yeah. No, so, we're gonna not talk about pizza though. Oh, that's right. We're gonna talk about bowls. Um, excuse me. It's a Papa bowl, please. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Papa John's is now serving pizza that doesn't have crust. Fat. So they're not serving pizza. They're serving pasta in a bowl, essentially. And what these bowls are is they are toppings. They're everything a slice of pizza is, but without the crust. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's not even pasta. Like, it's a clot of cheese and meat in a bowl. Disgusting is what it is. I just can't get on board, man. I would never... I would never eat this, but this brings up a larger question. Seems so greasy. Number one, I don't think I've ever had Papa John's pizza. Mm-hmm. I, I I can wholeheartedly, honestly say, I don't believe I've ever had Papa John's. Mm-hmm. This does not make me look. Oh wow! Time to clog the arteries. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I I just. By the way, my wife was again expressing her disappointment in me last Fat. night that my cholesterol numbers were better than hers in our physicals. We both had our physicals the last week and a half. I'm for real. She was kind of hoping I'd be dead by this point. No. Right. Um, right. You know, right. 
Every, uh, he I've doesn't always understand uh, how stood I feel. on my innocence. Or he has no empathy for how I feel. I guess that's oh, the thing. Oh, here we go. Feathered about the situation. It's amazing that genetics really do play a role in your, you know, in your like health profile because I I can do everything that I can and I made really good improvements from last year. But his is like his is like literally probably 75% lower than mine. And he doesn't have to do anything. Just just I don't do anything. I don't do it. so I don't take my vitamins. I don't work out. I do the I don't... same thing. You don't do anything wow. different. I don't do I don't do anything. Well, you Get over it. You have extremely low <laughs> cholesterol, and you don't have to do anything to manage it. I don't have low cholesterol. Yes, I you have, do. I have good cholesterol. Uh, my cholesterol is pretty darn good. It's right where it should be. I don't have low. I have normal cholesterol. And what I do is I don't eat Papa John's pizza bowls. <laughs> um, I I work out on average between four and five days a week, and the last month it's been pretty much every day, six days a week. And I take supplements. I take plant sterols every day. I take CoQ10 every day. Mm -hmm. I drink a ton of water. I drink probably 70 to 80 ounces of water on a, on a good day. Um, so I, I just think that's what I do. I don't drink soda. I don't eat a lot of sugar. Like, And what she's saying is that she does, she does the same thing. Well, and she eats better than Mrs. Monty eats better than I do. Yeah, she doesn't eat meat. She is pretty. I much get a why she's. An, I'd be pissed about it too. I don't blame her. You would be pissed about oh, it yeah. too. I'd be pissed about it, bro. Yes. Like she works just as hard, does the same things, and and because of the genetic card, you know, the, it, it it makes it more difficult. Like the, I I don't, I don't like disagree this is with not it. this is not rocket science, and I think that I think that what's really interesting, and and this is the positive side of it. And obviously, you can speak on it, but. But just to see the improvements, I think, is 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 awesome. I mean, that at least yeah. is better than... Because for the longest time, correct me if I'm wrong, it wasn't changing. But then, you know, you change a couple of things and now you're seeing it. Yeah, if I work great. out seven days a week, then it'll go down. And it's been going down. Okay. So it takes that and, and me, you know, if I was to... I, I really need to just cut out any of the meat. I have to. I really have to just. But you really don't eat a lot of animal product overall. I don't. Yeah, I don't. But, but now your cholesterol is good, though. Like I think you just need to continue what you're doing, yeah. and limit your animal product intake. I totally agree with that. I agree. Genetics. I I agree. Genetics play a role. But I'm sorry, I'm not dead. I apologize. <laughs> I don't mean to be sitting here thriving. I don't mean to be healthy. I'm sorry. I'm a fucking unit. I'm hoping to get hit by a bus today. <laughs> Let me see what I can do. You know, again, there's zero. So wait, can we can, we can we go back to the guilt thing from the other day? <laughs> I don't think oh. I don't actually think you want me dead. I think it's frustrating. It is. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> I would agree. You work very hard, and it's frustrating that a fat ass like me has you know the numbers that I have. I agree. I should stop. I should be serious. Like, yeah, I agree. I understand why it would be frustrating. You've worked hard for a long time and, and you want to see better cholesterol numbers. That's what which you're seeing like. now, which is great. Yeah. 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 Is there no solace taken in the fact that your numbers are actually good now? Yeah. There's still one that I got to get down lower, but Has, did, did the doctor say you had to do anything different or did he, he just, did, he said, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. He was impressed because I'd lost, uh, 
20 pounds yeah um in the last year and but then, even that's kind of a frustrating answer to get like just keep doing what you're doing that doesn't really i mean it just is yeah, like uh, well but yeah. you know just keep yeah. yeah keep doing what you're doing like i'm, I'm on the right path i'm doing yeah. the right stuff keep keep it up yeah. yeah so i don't feel like that was frustrating yeah this is uh john jackson says mrs monty is waiting to cash out on life insurance <laughs> i'm for real <laughs> no uh, no you know uh k Nuren says bacon and pineapple pizza Mm, in a bowl without crust i just can't do that like, papa john's it's like a it's not even a it's not like you're getting a spinach and artichoke dip it's not like you're getting no like, it's this like is a pile a, a clot of oh cheese oh, and grease stop. with meat no i don't even understand no i don't want to oh. i feel the greasiness in my mouth already like that's gnar oh it's terrible it is know. absolutely terrible. Is anybody wanting these? Does anybody say they want this? Brother. Brother. Says, is that a question? Of course it is. It tastes like, between no crust but different toppings, tastes like regular side pizza. I know everything. Yeah. I, I bet just... it. Ta- I bet it's tasty. Okay, how much does the crust matter for pizza? For me, it matters immensely. I mean, if oh, you have yeah. good crust, like that defines the pizza, yeah. doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would Bad think it crust, does. Soggy crust, crust oh. that's not actually crisp. Like if you get yeah. a thin crust and it's like flimsy, yeah. hell no. Um, Jesse P says that's keto. There it you go. really that he's not I'm wrong. Sh- I'm sure that it technically is, would be like, keto. Ugh. Keto's a gnarly diet. Just the though, thought dude. of all the cheese grease at the bottom of that yeah, bowl. Yeah, like oh. fat. Oop, I don't, I don't get this. Um, Giggity <laughs> says, without the crust, you could argue it's soup. Stop, stop, stop it. Oh, we're but not, it's no. not a we're, cheese we're, soup. We're, no. Like no, if it was dude. cheese no. soup, I would even be more accepting. But no. it's not. It's a clot. Uh, T Money says, Deshaun, are you there? It's God. <laughs> he also says, Monty, you work out? No, never. Uh, what kind of workout are you doing? Uh, we actually work out. You a should lot. watch. You know, you should watch our casuals getting cut series on the channel. It's there's there's a couple videos there. And admittedly, I played basketball yeah. yesterday for the first time in, I think, a year. Mm-hmm. Honest to God, we hadn't played basketball because of the period of time we're not allowed to talk about on YouTube. I'm not trying to be cryptic, but I got another shot in my arm for that period of time to protect mm-hmm. myself. And mm-hmm. Mrs. Monty got that shot yesterday as well. So did I. And Jake did, but nobody cares about Jake. Right. Obviously. Um, the right. point is yeah. that we um, we have as much protection as we're going to get. My my doctor straight up said, "Go and play basketball, man. Go live your life." Yeah. So yesterday we've been working back to it, and yesterday we played. I felt great. Yeah. I felt great. It was really fun to get out there. Now I also, to Mrs. Monty's credit, my knee was a little sore last night when I got home from playing basketball, so I took a shower. Um, went the Melky Cabrera route, which oh. was I spread a bunch of marijuana on my knee. Okay, marijuana. Okay, yep, Mary Jane. Um, I, I what? Why are you laughing? It's not weed. It is CBD um, ointment, and it makes a difference, right? It did. It took some swelling out of my knee, which is great. Yeah, out of the street. Do you yeah. put that stuff on before you go to bed? You put yeah. That maybe stuff Anthony on? Davis should use it. Uh, yeah, you rub it on. I rub. It, it comes in a little canister, and it's like and a, just kind of scruff it and play, play with it until it's, it's wet. You know, like in um, no, you know, uh, certain <laughs> certain things. You know, when you lube it right. Um, no, seriously, you rub it on your knee or your joint or whatever is bothering you. You're, yeah, Deshaun. Anyway, my point is um, feathered about this situation. Yeah, so I rubbed it on my <laughs> knee, and I woke up this morning, and my knee is not swollen, and my knee does not hurt. And so I'll give Mrs. Monty credit. You rub that, you rub that marijuana on there, put that hippie lettuce, the ganj. Right. You know, 
It's right. an amazing product. We we should show it on the show because <laughs> I mean that stuff works. Pineapple Express. It's I mean, you know, CBD with arnica <laughs> and like eucalyptus and <clears throat> that stuff is magic. Yeah, pipeline from Colombia was amazing. <clears throat> uh, anyway, I don't think it's, <laughs> it's the closest that he'll Tony ever Montana get to actually, you know, ingesting any kind of weed. So yeah, I've never smoked marijuana. And never. I'm, I'm you know I'm fine with that. I'm fine, but anyway. Let's see. Uh, angry Emu 77 Italians are collectively rolling in their graves. Yes. Yes. My, yes. My, my Italian ancestry is unhappy with this Papa Where's John's. Where's the Italian? Pizza it, it bowl. Is. A Papa bowl. Get the hell out what? of here. What? Papa John's now? Oh, Papa bowl. What a dick. Wonder if that there's any more is. racist bombs in that bowl. Yeah. Dude. Um, but yeah, I don't. It, all the workouts are on our channel and the casuals getting cut stuff. We lift uh, probably now three days a week. We'll probably play basketball three days a week. We do some cardio and stuff like that. So yeah, it's all good. Uh, and then real quick before we get out of here today, um, we got to talk about cereal. Mm-hmm. Like what is your, Jake, what is your go-to cereal? Berry Captain Crunch. That's very Captain Crunch. Yes. Big, big Captain Crunch fan. Really? Yeah. No, it's my favorite. I mean, close seconds would be Fruity Pebbles. Um, what else? Captain uh, Crunch. Cinnamon Life is bomb. You know, but Captain Cap- Crunch. Uh, yeah. Captain Crunch is. Yeah. Fruit Loops. I'm, I've never been a Fruit Loops fan. What about Snoop Loops? Yeah, I've seen this. Snoop Doggy Dog. Uh, Snoop Dog is releasing Snoop Loops. Mm hmm. Here's the problem, though. Um, cereal's terrible for you on in most cases. Yeah. They released a list this week of the worst cereals you can eat for breakfast. Y'all about to fuck this up. Number one worst cereal, unfortunately, um, is Lucky Charms. Damn. Number two, Captain Crunch. Damn. Number three, Fruit Loops. So Full of sugar. Full it of is. sugar. Full of sugar. That's all it is. But do Snoop Loops have, like... You know, weed in them. Yeah, I don't believe that they are a marijuana based product. <laughs> they right. are simply just Snoop Dogg cereal loops. They're Fruit Loops with Snoop Dogg's picture on them. Okay. And <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I would try it. I love cereal though. I like now, his wine. You've had his wine. Yeah. I was unaware of this. Yeah, we. And it was good. What? Why do you look? You at me? She's around. looking at you like confused, bro. Yeah, it's the what is it? Ninety nine crimes or whatever. Or oh, okay. Some, yeah. Uh, well, I was just over here lowering my cholesterol. I didn't pay attention to the wine you were drinking. <laughs> Donnie, please. Come on, that was funny. At least admit that was funny. Cold-blooded. At least admit that was funny. She Anyways. Won't. Anyway, um, yeah. Now so I'm going to need more wine. I am a, You probably will. Uh, I am a huge fan of cereal. I, being 49 years old... I eat something called Heritage Flakes. Like, for instance. Which you can get in any store. It's high fiber. It is adult cereal. High fiber adult cereal. You know. Yeah. It is, but they're really good. Mm -hmm. They're like Wheaties for your butthole. Um, And I eat those in Heritage Heritage Flakes. Like the circle. They look like Cheerios. Oh, Cheerios. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Uh I eat those in combination. Or Mrs. Monty is a renowned uh oats maker that's the cereal i eat mm-hmm. i don't eat sugar cereal i have no i have no fun in my life i have no fun in my yeah, life yeah you're mr maybe, consistent maybe in hawaii we'll get some of the uh, cinnamon life 
Oh, oh cinnamon life damn, is so good. Bro. Why did you have to say that all those weeks ago? I want it. Because I have thought so often about cinnamon life. It's the best. Man. I I, I it, it is. It is really yeah, really dude, good. Yeah, dude, it's bomb. Yeah. I, and I, you get cinnamon milk out of it, it's perfect. But and here's the other thing I was going to ask. How many people in this chat right now? How many people watching this show? By the way, please give us a thumbs up. It really helps the show grow. Right now, hit like. But how many people here drink cow's milk? Because I, I do not. I do not. Nope. I have not had cow's milk in like three decades. days. No, seriously, decades. <laughs> it's been probably five, eight, ten yeah, years. No, it's be, been longer than it's that, bro. At least ten. Yeah. At least ten. Is it really? More. Yeah. Yeah, it's been yeah. longer than that. Okay, yeah. it's been a long time. It's probably been as long longer than we've had. Uh, it's longer than it's been since I had soda. Yeah. Like I haven't had a diet or regular soda in. 10 years now. Yeah. 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 So it's longer than 10 years. Yeah. We drink almond milk in this house. Um, and I actually really like it. You know, uh, angry emu says I'm lactose intolerant. Hey, okay. It, you uh, know what? You know, most humans are. <laughs> yeah. Most humans are. You're not You're supposed normal. to drink it. Congratulations. Uh, Carl Jean Baptiste says, nope, lactose intolerant. Cody Strickland says I do. Okay. Cash Money says, I drink whole milk. Jeez, Louise. Oh. That's crazy. Um, I can't, bro. Giggity says, I used to love cow's milk, but cut it out 10 months ago and my gut is doing much better. Yeah. yeah there dude. you go. Yep. John Jackson says, I do, but I also like almond milk. I am an almond milk guy. Hundo P. But if you're going to hand me a bowl of cereal, peanut butter Captain Crunch would probably mm. be my number three because it beats the hell out of your mouth. Yes, it does. But my God, I I love all corn pops. You know what what else is terrible for you? Honey smacks, mm. awful oh for you. Gosh. I love honey smacks. Yeah, love them. I like that um, oatmeal square cereal. Love that stuff. Terrible for you. It doesn't have much oatmeal, but it's got a whole hell of a lot of corn syrup and sugar. Yeah, the corn syrup, man. Everything's got corn syrup. I do love everything meat. because we subsidize it Count, with yes, our government. Uh, yes, yay. yay. Government subsidy. Count chocolate. Anything with marshmallows in it. Like uh, when we yeah. went camping, we did s'mores. Bomb, dude. Dude, I uh, would do s'mores on my stove like every night. I, mean, I, honest, that good. I, I, I honestly think that melted marshmallows are an aphrodisiac. Yeah. Crack. I think I'm pretty sure I felt huh. blood flowing. Really? Yeah. Huh. I am. Wow. I think it's true. Wow. I I think it's true. Uh, let's see. A um, couple more comments, then we got to go. Cash Money says, I don't like drinking watered-down milk. Almond milk, bro. I'm telling you, man. Almond milk is the good stuff. It's just not good for you. And Ca I know there's like there's so much misinformation out there. And, of course, the dairy makers are selling you on the goodness of milk. The problem is it's not good for you, and we're the only species that's drinking milk past and infancy. They say the calcium is the reason to drink milk. Your body won't absorb the calcium in the milk. It actually leaches it out. Just so you know. I'm just saying. Ouch. Ryan Buckley says uh, life cereal, yes. Yeah, cinnamon life, though. Uh, yes. Justin Salas says unpasteurized milk for the win. Oh. Oh. Wow. Nar. Is that true? Nar. Bro. No. Um, let's see. Uh, Carl Jean Baptiste says, I love lactate because it tastes just like whole milk. And fellas, can we give Count Chocolate was slaps but horrible for you? Oh, my God. Count Chocolate. I liked the Come on. Cocoa Krispies when I was oh, a kid. Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. See, total redemption for you wishing me dead. 
Cocoa Krispies are absolutely redemptive. They have redemptive qualities. <laughs> wow. I forgive you now that you Total brought that up. Total redemption for wishing me dead. <sighs> yeah. Hey. You got to fuck one, you know, marry yeah. one, kill one. Go. You know. Okay. Wow. All right. There you go. Okay. No, I'm kidding. She never wished me dead. I'm just being mm-hmm. a victim. Um, I am now, Ryan Buckley would like to be the last comment of the show. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly right. Okay. Better be a good yeah. one, bud. Speaking of Mrs. Ryan? Monty, he says human milk is good. I can't. Yeah. I'm, okay. Uh, uh, we're going to go. Um, but let's just say don't drink other animals. Milk. Oh, the, we, are, are you kidding me? That we talk about we talk about breast milk. And what do we get? Ryan, this is your fault, dude. What do we get? This is your fault. We get bots in the chat. This is your fault, dude. We get bots in the chat. M-O-N-T-Y, the Monty show. When we start talking about freaking drinking milk from the tap. This is what happens. Nipples equals bots. Nipples. Nipples are good. There's nothing wrong with it. How do you get milk? Yeah. Brandon Price says Frank Frankenberry. I love it. All right, we have to go. Um, hey, don't forget that we are giving you a trip for two to see uh, BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series. If you're not in Utah, hit up bbqpitstop.com. Check them out in Utah, five locations, Leighton Lehigh, Logan, Salt Lake City, and St. George. All the best barbecue, all the best equipment to smoke. Every smoker you can think of, I'm a Schrager Ironwood guy, but they have... Grills, big green eggs. I mean, they Yoder smokers. They have it all at Barbecue Pit Stop, Logan, Lehigh, Layton, Salt Lake City, and St. George. Check them out online, bbqpitstop.com. Please tell them you heard it on the Monty Show. And it's all presented by our good friend, Debra Davis at Academy Mortgage, 801-543-9666-801-543-9666. NMLS number 278545. Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.